Greetings, and welcome to A Peak Beneath the Veil, a 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons homebrew campaign courtesy of Tabletop Notch. My companions will tell you that I, Erland Loftefell, have been known to bend the truth, but trust me when I say that A Peak Beneath the Veil goes live every Sunday at 7pm Eastern at twitch.tv slash tabletopnotch. Previously aired episodes can be found on both our Twitch and YouTube channels. You can also catch every episode right here in podcast form every Tuesday. Come with me now to anti-sue you for the next chapter of A Peak Beneath the Veil. Before we get into the recap, a very important piece of business, which is that last episode, I made a big mistake, and Safira owes Erland three copies <laughs> from her game of Shut the Box. Oh! I miscounted the numbers eat on it. the table. Everyone eat it. So oh you my must God. pay Erland three Yes! Yes! You He's the only one that's one. You feel it. Some BS. I want to see it go out of your coin purse. I want to watch. I want to watch. I had to make sure I said oh, it on stream that made me and not on the notes beforehand so that if someone watched these episodes back to back, they weren't like, oh, god damn it, you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> right fucking DM hates her. My mom definitely <laughs> would have said something. She oh, baby. So, with Erlen's pockets of jiggling. <laughs> In chapter 83, caveats and private chats. Erland returned to Bottled with the deteriorating remains of the Mykonid mutant <laughs> at the request of Niels Bogus. Now better composed after his initial outburst, Niels waited patiently as Erland recalled what we knew about the mutant and how it tied in with his sister Annika. Convinced that we hadn't come to deceive him, Niels began the tale of how the Boguses got involved in the horrors of the harvesting yard, a story of a family fortune squandered and an ambitious young woman whose physical limitations stymied her advancement in the gentle void. With backs against the wall, Annika volunteered herself to be experimented upon, transforming into what we knew now to be a type B mutant. After struggling to find a contact that could help him, Niels turned to Mr. McKenna, who promised to return his sister for a substantial sum of gold. McKenna made good on his word, but Niels had no idea just how far gone Annika's mind was, and the mutant escaped soon after, starting a chain of events that would lead to the massacre at the Mycrawl Den and the vandalization of the Fernoga Vigotrio. <clears throat> Niels sympathized with Erlen's condition, but more than anything else, he simply wanted the nightmare to end. The last bit of information that he had in his possession was a note found among Annika's belongings after she was transported back from the harvesting yard. After letting Erland read it, Niels dissolved the form in a bowl of acid, which along with his sister's demise, he hoped would close this grim chapter of his life. It was perhaps not the full breakthrough we were hoping for, but we confirmed some of our suspicions regarding the promises being made at the camp in the Shocky Mountains, and the note had the first tangible reference thus far to the mysterious Void Two, something that Safira had been keeping an ear out for. Reconvening back at the Upa Alehouse, we did our best to alleviate the stench from our room. A worthwhile endeavor, as Orba planned to have a few private discussions with other members of the party before we laid down to rest. 
Each meeting had a different feel to it, with Orba probing her companions regarding their intentions and their views of Cliff Ironcloud's contract. Perhaps the most consequential topic, at least in the short term, was that of Saraswati, with Orba wanting not only assurance that she was safe, but a confirmation that Bizarro wasn't withholding the contents of the letter from her first encounter with the Gentle Void Assassin. Satisfied with the group's answers and riding high off of Erlen's gambling winnings, we indulged in the rare treat of going to sleep at a reasonable hour, <laughs> allowing us to wake up early and make plans for the day. Sophia's first order of business was local, a visit to Bowready, where she hoped to learn some advanced animus techniques from Sarn Darrow. For Orba and Bazaar, it was off to Nakuzi, where we had an interest in not only Butez's artistry, but his unique talents that might be connected to the disappearances of Mr. Two. And finally, Raven and Erlen walked to the Steederway, where the fast transport to Wamparani Na would hopefully get us one step closer to speaking with Marvin Bishop. As we descended into the tunnels beneath the city, we crossed our fingers that we'd be getting a ride from the famed Handler Birch, and we wondered. What kind of opportunities would open up for Graven, who now possessed not only the Broken Crown writ of service, but a respectable number of Gentle Void favors? Would Saphira finally be relieved of the burden of choosing which bow to take into combat? And was Erland really going to go to the coast for Marvin? Or was he merely fleeing as far as possible to avoid a fight with the toughest monk in Navika <laughs> We find out now. He's scared. On chapter 84. Of a peek beneath the bed. That's what I always thought. No. <laughs> 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 bitch. Sharing a horse heading east. This is the busiest that you've seen the path between the townships thus far. Merchants and travelers looking to get an early start have flocked to the roads, filling the horizon with a steady stream of horses and wagons. Seeing this, you're fairly sure that whatever the price to ride may be, or however Cliff may have negotiated with the Mullifers to subsidize the cost, the Steederway will always be a convenient secondary sort of express mode of transport, and not a complete overhaul of how business is done. At this point, the leg of the journey, Orb is very familiar with. He already made the Naupa Nakuzi trek three times before, at various points over the past couple days. You know that you have a bit of time here to contemplate your course for the day, and with the sun peeking through a cloudy sky, you trot forward with confidence. What do you think? Palm or front of the hand? Do you want many people to see it? I don't know. I think if it's on your palm, it, it, it could rub off for easily fade quicker, no? Yeah, he said it would fade a little bit quicker, but not a lot. Like a fair amount. But you yeah. know, we have money. I could just keep getting it filled, right? Sure. If, <laughs> if you have enough money to keep getting it filled. Well, I was just thinking, how cool would it be, like, when I'm casting something, and it, like, comes out of my I hand, was, and I, like, point at I was something? thinking that as well. It's kind of like an, an accent to your powers. Okay. Palm it is, then. I think the palm. Okay, thanks. Cool. Bizarre with some encouraging words, but in the back of her mind, thinking about, like, spending 40 gold on a tattoo, yeah. when you were, like, <laughs> younger, like, the thought of that is, like, blowing your mind. <laughs> like, you might have some tattoo shops that were, like, a couple gold for <laughs> Even now, I just still, I'm still cheap. <laughs> oh my gosh! So, um, I guess you're probably wondering 
why I really wanted to see him. Oh, yeah, of course. Well, I heard about that Metallica attunement, and I'm sure you're very interested in that as well. That so sounds pretty cool. I'm glad you're here for it. Um, it is quite interesting, but could lead to a, a great breakthrough in, in, in finding the person that I need to. That's great news. Yes. Uh, hopefully he's willing to talk to us. Yes, and if you wanted to speak privately with him, that's fine. I'm just here for the ride. Thank you. Yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, it's a tough situation. The person I am searching for, the one that wants him back, uh, mm -hmm. is very adamant that it stays under wraps a bit. Oh, that's kind of tricky. Yeah. It is, but so far, it's been okay. Do you, is there anything else you're comfortable telling me so I can keep my ear low to the ground or anything, or...? Well, I've been running into a lot of dead ends. Uh, all the leads that I've also pursued have all led me nowhere, really. Um, which is not good, because all the um, person wants is information. Mm -hmm. And um, I really just need you test to open some sort of door as to if he's seen him or even I knows if he's alive. How does, if I can ask, how does this person that you're trying to find um, relate to Metallic Attunement? It was heard that he was talking about it and was involved in uh, the exchange of magical products at the short ports. Like the metals and, and other magical items, or...? Something along those lines. It, it's, it's much more of a hearsay thing and not many people right. have straight facts unfortunately well it would seem like if butez isn't helpful at first it seems like this person um is beneficial to him so having him found might help and he might be incentivized true yes that's a good point that's pretty tricky but anything else you want to know about the metallica tomb and i'm sure that would be good information either way. Yeah, that sounds really cool. I'm it not does going to lie. sound very interesting. I don't know much about magic, but it's very intriguing. Well, I mean, what if we all got matching tattoos and we got like one <laughs> ring and it made us like more powerful or something and then we all just kind of swapped it around? That would be really cool. That would be really cool. <laughs> I guess we'd have to ask him how it exactly works or yeah. if it's something you can just get or you're automatically, you've been granted the power some other way. I would be curious to know as well. I don't know much about it. I've never heard of it. Yes. So, hopefully this trip is worthwhile. I, there's so many loose ends that I need to tie up before we leave. <laughs> oh, final thought. Preferably after I get my full tattoo, in case we maybe piss him off a little bit. But if he's not cooperative, I can charm people. <laughs> but again, I'd rather get my tattoo first. Of course. Or else I'll be walking around with half a tattoo and that will look kind of silly. You can go first. Oh, well that's going to take a lot of time. Maybe oh. we like come back in the night and like charm him or something. Okay. I got like six hours of tattoo ahead of me. Oh, wow. He's like mid-needle and he's like... Do you stretch? <laughs> <laughs>
<sighs> Thank you for telling me. Anything else I can do to help, you can let me know. Thank you. I, I appreciate that. Yeah. I, I do trust our group pretty much with the information. <laughs> I know Graven has been a big help in my journey, so... Oh, that's good. Yes, and the person I am hopefully going to get the pieces from has sort of started to trust him a bit, so that's good as well. <laughs> Great. Yeah, I would... Take advantage of the group. I think we're getting a little bit better. I hope so. Norva says with a very forced <laughs> smile. <laughs> we're doing great. With those thoughts in mind, the ride continues. Sort of sharing the Scorsier, caravans passing by. You get a couple waves and nods, smiles of people moving in the other direction. Just polite people moving back and forth between the townships. And by your estimation, you're a little over halfway to Nakuzi. When you spot an area that you've seen before, but you weren't quite sure of its purpose, it's a fenced-in area just off the south side of the road, absent of any kind of animals or crops, and it has an oversized lean-to on one side of it. And where it was empty in the days prior that you walked back and forth and took this route, it's now kind of serving as an outdoor kitchen. You see several large cauldrons next to a sizable wagon, bubbling over these big hearty fires. And there's a number of cheaply constructed tables and benches, mostly full with travelers. It has the look of kind of a temporary food stop, somewhere to grab a meal as you're sort of moving goods back and forth between townships. Somebody comes here during the times when the roads are most crowded, which again, today, in this early morning hour, it very much seems that way. There's a half-orc man, diligently hacking away, kind of... <laughs> at an enormous snake that must be over 10 feet in length. And then he uses his cleaver, he kind of thunk, sh to like scoop up the chunks of snake and then toss it into the cauldron behind him. And interesting as that is, what truly catches your eye is the escort of armed guards surrounding one table in particular, where a well-dressed human man with a shaved head, maybe in his late 30s, is engaged in a game of cards with a few others who look to be of a significantly lower station than him. It looks kind of like a well-to-do, upper-class man sitting at a table with not poor people, but commoners, traders, you know, merchants. He has two small gold hoop earrings on his left ear with a dangling chain that attaches between the two of them. So it's like one big piece of jewelry. <laughs> and he's kind of idly fiddling with it as he examines his hand there that's on the table. And there's a decent crowd around the table as well, but the guards are kind of making sure that nobody gets too close to the action or, you know, tries to approach this man in any uh, sort of threatening manner. So there's a pretty big crowd kind of watching this game happen. And then again, there are some people eating. There's the man who's chopping up the, uh, the large snake. Uh, are the guards that are around that guy wearing any kind of, like, regalia or anything? Give me a perception check. All right. It's <laughs> an eight. Eight. Not that you notice. Um, there's a little bit of uniformity, but not in a, like, they're not wearing a crest or stripes or any kind of color, but it doesn't look like just a random band of people. It's mm -hmm. like some people hired for a common cause or purpose. That's the only thing you can really discern. What's going on over there? I don't know. Are you in a terrible hurry? Because it looks like they're... Playing some kind of a game, and Over. it might have some gambling in it. Don't you need a lot of money for your tattoo? I already, I already paid for it. How about other money? <laughs> what if, what if that fancy fella is 
like Percival or something. I thought that as well. <laughs> <laughs> he might, it's probably not. All right, blow your money then. <laughs> One round. <laughs> we'll see how the first one goes. Okay. <laughs> like if I win a lot of money, we'll play another one? Sure. Okay. Deal. Oh no. Oh, no. You guys hop off the horse. There's a, there's a number of hitching posts where people have tied up various horses and wagons and things. And you start to move in, and as you get a little closer, the crowd's pretty dense that's like sort of crowded around here. So you're still maybe three, four rows back of people in this little semi-circle around this table that's happening. And you see kind of as you're just getting close, the uh, the wealthy looking man kind of throws down one card. Oh, another dropped crown, another hand for Percival. Ugh. Looks like it's a good day to be me. And he sort of reaches into the center and move some coins in his direction. The people around the table kind of... Do we hear him say that? Yeah, you do hear him say that. And the, the one of the guards, <laughs> after that hand kind of works, he sort of looks around at the crowd, he's sort of, all right, who's next? I think you were here. You, come here, sit. And you. He sort of picks people up. It seems like he picks people from the front of this group. Like, not only is it a crowd, it might be a line to oh, play. Oh, got it. Great. So Orb is going to get our coin purse. Okay. <laughs> jingle jangle jingle. Um, <laughs> and one and one guy in particular that's kind of near you guys as you're kind of up and looking over sort of uh, Hey, mister, what's going on? Well, pretty much everybody's lining up to give Percival their money. <laughs> Nobody here likes the Mullafeos, but if they're here to stay, plenty of jobs to be angled for. What game are they playing? A little bit of drop the crown. That's the the dice no. No, it's a card game, sort of a poker type game. Oh, okay. Well, people found out that he he likes to come here for the jaculi stew, and he sort of points over at the big snake and the big pot. They started flocking here in the mornings, trying to get on his good side, thinking that if you lost a bunch of money to him, maybe he'd consider you later on for a job. Oh, weird. And so people are kind of craning their neck to look. Uh, assessing the area and like the line, mm -hmm. how many people are in front of us? Four or five hands worth. Hands worth. Oh, like like a you so know like twenty people. Yeah, I mean you're not sure exactly how many people are waiting to play or just watching, but I mean it. Yeah. If you're not willing to do something to get to the front of the line, right. it could be a while for sure. Right. Um. <laughs> <laughs> and then you're like. <laughs> 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 well, I'm just like just knees. I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. So short. I just. Well, people bleeding. Um, can I, can we make it to the guy who was picking people? Uh, he was kind of standing right behind Percival. Yeah, so so Percival has kind of a semicircle of guards behind yeah. him, and then on the other side of the table there's some people sitting, and the semicircle of onlookers, or people waiting, yeah. So like two groups kind of on opposite sides of this table. Okay. How do we get up there? I was thinking like we give each person like a gold? Ooh. Or maybe a silver? I do a silver. You wanna try... Offering each person a silver for the next round? Sure. Okay. I mean, I'm already sort of contracted to him, I guess, but I could play to get a little closer in. Oh, yeah. I guess you could bring it up if you wanted. Probably. <laughs> Maybe not in... Not in not front of everyone. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Before the action starts, I guess? Has it started sure, yet? He's starting to deal the cards, <clears throat> kind of? I mean, it seems like this round is about to begin. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay, people, hey, uh, one silver each for whoever lets me jump the line. 
Are you like saying that out loud yeah. to the group? So to say that out loud, and you can immediately see the guards kind of talking to each other, just consulting with each other. And some of the people in the line, one guy kind of comes up. I'll take it. Okay. Or we give him a silver. Another guy gets a little closer. I'll take one. Okay. And one guy takes it and just turns around and gets into line like behind you, like he's not in front of you. <laughs> but he doesn't leave. He's just uh-huh. like takes it and then stands oh. behind you in uh-huh. the little That's semicircle. Okay. But a number of people don't. You see that people are kind of maybe angling for a job here, and one silver maybe doesn't tip the scales necessarily. Oh, oh gosh. <laughs> <laughs> and I just, can I go to the person that's like directly in front of me? Sure. That was the guy that you spoke to briefly, yeah. He oh. did not take your silver. <laughs> How about a gold? You offering that to everyone here? Just you. Yeah, all right. Takes the gold, pockets it, and he kind of walks over to the sort of eating area. I mean, you've eliminated three people out of a decent crowd. <laughs> oh, <my gosh. laughs> oh my god! Cards can't be dealt out. You can see people kind of looking at their hands at this point, sort of evaluating. There's kind of a round of betting happening as people examine their cards. Now I'll quietly start going up to people and not be like super loud about it. Uh, the next person, a gold. Uh, are you basically doing this for a bunch of people? Yes. Give me a stealth check if you're trying to do so, sort of quietly yeah. and subtly. <laughs> oh, oh, baby! A stealth! A dirty 20. Dirty 20. So, you get through about six people, okay. and they all accept. Everyone that you offer a whole gold <laughs> to takes it and starts leaving. So you get through six people that you've given gold out to. Oh my God. And at this point, they the guards and Percival can kind of see people like taking something and then filter, because they kind of leave. They filter out uh-huh. through the back. And one of the guards kind of leans in, and Percival sort of uh, taps one. <laughs> he kind of goes back to the card game, and the, and the guard comes over. What's going on over here? He doesn't know exactly who, because you were doing it kind of very quietly. People kind of... What's going on? Around? I see people moving about. Knock it off, we're trying to play cards. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he walks on. Or the laughs at his back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so how close are we now? You're probably maybe one more hands worth away of getting a seat if you want to get Let's just wait it out. <laughs> okay. Uh, I guess we'll watch to learn this game. Okay, yeah. so, Orba, completely unfamiliar with this game. Bizarre, this game is a poker-type variant. You've played it at various points kind of throughout your life in NTC. It's fairly popular. It's not one that you're sort of an expert on. Um, it's a complicated enough game that we wouldn't be playing it outright. You'd basically be rolling for hands. It is the same game, if you guys remember, that Sephira played back in her um, oh, yeah. Genesis story. It's <laughs> so you're essentially just kind of rolling to see what whether you get good cards or not. Okay. Um, okay. So so you guys are waiting here in this kind of group for yeah. a little bit. All right. So you guys are gonna wait. That's where you roll the percentage dice, right? Yes. Yeah. She rolled a ten. Oh boy. That's the only time I've ever done that. That, that gets was you. in that. That gets you. Oh, that's that true. percentage oh, one is tricky. I don't like it. Yeah. In the tunnels beneath the surface of Vivikapura. Knowing what to expect this time doesn't diminish the thrill of the astonishing propulsion that the Steeders generate 
as they sink their spined legs into the grounds and walls. <laughs> Handler Birch grips the reins with a steady hand, and the only time he takes his eyes kind of off the darkness ahead is when a rumbling comes and goes very quickly in an instant on your left. Perhaps somebody headed in the opposite direction on the steer, so in addition to the sound that yours is making, you hear like a but and it's in the tunnel over so you guys have been in those sort of side oh, yeah, tunnels yeah. next to each other so there's yeah. one going in the other direction and that happens a couple times so as you guys are moving down it's only a couple things going in the opposite direction they're starting to you can tell kind of ramp up the usage of the Steederway tunnels make sure that they're sort of suitable for using multiple times over the course of the day and not just for personal travel Am I like holding Raven's I was just going to say. The, the seats are side by side. Actually. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like uh, the handler in front of you and then the two of you behind him like Aww. side by side strapped Shucks. into these seats. Quite exhilarating, isn't it? <laughs> Quite a- <coughs> oh, that's right. The dust gets in your mouth and you... <clears throat> Going from coast to coast, it's a longer stretch of taking care to keep your mouth and eyes free of dust. But when the steeder starts to slow, you still marvel how much time has been saved. In a cloud of dust, with the straps pressing against your chest, it skitters to a stop. And you take a moment to get your bearings as Birch hops off and moves to unstrap you from your seats. Now we put to Womp Ronnie Nan right about 30 minutes. Now that is making the most of your time. Another expert trip, Birch, thank you. Always a pleasure, sir. I'll uh, take out a silver oh. and give it to him. Thank you, sir. I uh, understand there was a bit of trouble down here in the Steederways a couple days ago where construction got held up. Uh, yeah, but as a handler, I uh, really don't have anything to do with that. Was there anything else like that that happened down here in the Not last couple of days? Nothing else that was stalled. I've been practicing in the Steederway for a couple days now. Well, as soon as people get a taste of the Steederway, I see expansions coming real quick. <laughs> Plus, with the official opening, uh, there's work as steady as it comes. Handlers don't just grow on trees. He's kind of almost talking to himself as he's unlatching you guys. You're sort of getting your limbs free and your torso free from the seats. From there, I'll just be saving till I can get a subsurface ranch. Always wanted to be a Steeder breeder. Uh, come on down! <laughs> Uh, so climb down. Helps you down. Obviously. Did you grow up around Steeders? I grew up in uh, in the mountains, so uh, Steeders are not unfamiliar to me. Wonderful beasts. Which mountains? Romper Mountains. Just north of here. That's right. Made my home in the north. Never really left. Although I was tempted, I know that uh, Pachacama has a Steederway system as well, and uh, it's quite extensive over there. I, I did think about taking my skills uh, westward. Well, when's the official opening? Tomorrow, then? Uh, possibly by tonight. Oh, oh, confidently by tomorrow morning. Have you uh, made the trip north recently, back to the mountains? No, I haven't been back to the mountains in some time. Just, we may be uh, traveling there ourselves in the next couple of days. Anything we should uh, look out for on the way, or... Look out for should... in the way of what, I suppose? You know, a great I'm... place to have a meal, Oh, you know, you know, animals and beasts. Anything to be sort of wary of? Beasts? I'm not sure. I don't deal with dangerous beasts quite as much. But you're looking for a good meal, right where the Split River meets the Ropper Mountains, Sandra's. 
Oh, that sounds cool. Okay. She's a Goliath! Sort of points at you. <laughs> you might know her. <laughs> <laughs> she looks just like you, as a matter of fact. Just your head. Sort of a nice tavern there. Good food. What's it called, sorry? Sam. Sandra's. <laughs> at the Split River. Right where the Split River meets the Ropper Mountains. There's a village there. Might have heard of someone else who lives there. You see him kind of twinkle in his eye. Mr. Carver Colossus. Ah, yes. Same place. <laughs> well, uh, enjoy the extra hours of your day. And uh, next time I see you, I expect you won't have the tunnels to yourself. But if we ever get paid up, maybe remind me to show you some tricks I'm working on. Oh, boy. Oh, that sounds very exciting. Studio yeah. tricks. A little barrel roll through the tunnels. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> not exciting no. enough to be worth breaking your phone. <laughs> it's not, it's well, fine. we will have to do that. That sounds yes, yeah. right. Sort of. Uh, do this, does actually does the Steedaway once it's open? Does it have sort of hours? Does it close or? Uh, I believe it will close a little bit after dark. Um, and unfortunately, you just kind of have to take whoever you get at that point. You don't get to request. <laughs> Perhaps if we uh, catch Much you... to my disappointment. Perhaps if we, if we catch you after hours, you can show us some steed of barrels. I'd like that. Well, thank you again, Bitch. Enjoy Wamparani Na. Hope to see you around. So he gives you an arm. Getting to you. So we sort of walk away. He's all right, see? Oh, my God. I never said anything against him. It just was a little ridiculous that you brought him up to Cliff. Well, he gave you good information about Carver Colossus, perhaps because I brought him. Good information about where one of the most well-known Goliaths in the, in the continent lives. All right, fine. A smooth ride, then. I was trying to fish for some of the other disturbances that have been going on, such as the Mall affair interests. That oh, have been I see. I don't think he's going to know politics so much. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> You guys walk up that little tunnel once more. And as it was in Naupa, you see that construction has progressed significantly on the exterior of this building. It's just north of the Militia Reserve Hall. So for Erland, who has not been before, oh, yes. this is where you are coming out, right here. This is the Steederway entrance of Wamparana. As you look at the exterior... Exterior. Sorry, Max, you should have yep. time. Sorry. It's okay. Right above this gray building here. This one. Gosh, oh, great. So much <laughs> As you look at the exterior, you see that they've stopped short of adorning it with a marble spider statue, as they did in the Upa. But it looks like they've started work on an adjacent booth that has a very large, beautiful stained wood map of Wamparani Na. It looks like this, sort of just entirely wood grain, though, not colored. Perhaps set to be a place where visitors can ask for directions at the ports and the surrounding neighborhoods as they continue to expand. I mean, you can tell just from the energy in the place from the time you spent here, you know that this is a very up-and-coming sort of coastal area, and this may be serving as a kind of spot where people can get directions or information about the ports. Information shop? <laughs> an information booth, as it were. Oh, booth! Okay. We're going to walk over to it and just kind of start doing like a... All hands on deck. <laughs> Short ports, tall ports. All right. Broken crown outposts. Uh, sorry, where's, where's that one? Where's that one? Oh. <laughs> which, what, which one? So, 
Wait, uh, which one are you asking? What are you asking right. about? Uh, the I have short ports, tall ports. I have all hands on deck. Which is the um, broken crown outpost? The broken crown outpost is this one here. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um. Uh, what else would you? I don't know. What else do you want to know? Um. General store. <laughs> Next to the deck. General store. Yep. General store there. General's terrible. Oh, I'm looking so many waypoints. <laughs> um, this is the uh, the old Broken Crown outpost up here in the north. Uh, oh, yes, of course. It's, it's empty. I'm actually pretty curious about it, but that's where the poo pipe goes. Oh, goodness. Yes, you, you mentioned that's. Oh, so she would have to travel. Raven traces his finger. <laughs> the poo pipe goes all the way down here. Um, have some loops, who knows? Um, and, uh, do you know what Loops. Do you know what, uh, aside from poo, yep. yes. uh, do you know what Yongfire uh, is? Uh, I assume that might be on the map itself? Or? Yes, it, it's, oh, a, it's, it's a neighborhood, map. not a, not a yeah, place, yeah. Oh. but uh, Yongfire is the uh, southwest across the river, which right. includes this whole episode, this area down here. Um, right. mm-hmm. That is, in fact, where there is a microl den. Oh. Um, as well as, out. yeah. Um, as well as a few uh, personal homes and as you go on that south side of the river there you get to uh, Reciprocity which is the house of repute some kind of repute it's the it's the brothel yes, yes it's the brothel yes magical magical brothel that's um, Uberti who runs that yes yes well, I'm going to um, remind me where we're going. I mean, I need to book a room at All Hands on well, the Deck. I'm headed there right now. Just come with me now. All right. Okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What are you doing? So happy to be with you. I'm letting the <laughs> strange fellow with the armor borrow mine. Oh, you're the leaving right now. I thought the competition was in several days. Well, he's borrowing my oh, armor I starting this morning until tomorrow. He said, let's go. All right, all right. You guys start to walk a little bit south. And Erlen soaks in the very lively atmosphere here. You get your breath, first breath of the salty air that's so pervasive along the coast. You immediately notice, as you start to head south down toward the deck, that you see the flags flapping above the militia reserve, and you sort of it catches your eye because you see the anchor and scimitar emblem. Presumably the same that was described in the letter detailing Marvin's whereabouts. So you get a good look at what one of these flags might actually look like. Right. Sort of has that interconnected uh, anchor and scimitar. Presumably the same, as I said. And with plenty of the day remaining, take a few steps forward, kind of walking by the militia reserve there, and you plot your course. Graven, give me a perception check as you're walking by the militia reserve. Saw 19. 19. Just as you happen to be passing by, you take a quick peek over because the last time you were here, Thorsten was kind of sitting outside as mm-hmm. kind of a lone guard there. It does look like it's someone different at the moment. A different man, um, not Thorsten, that's sort of posted there. That's the militia reserve right there. That the very building is the militia reserve, yep. Uh, are we close enough that I could kind of just ask him a question real quick? Uh, sure, I mean, yeah. you're walking right by yeah, it. Sure. Yeah. Um, good. When's the next time Thorsten will be around? And the guy kind of, as you're walking up to him and you're moving by, this guard 
you saw Thorsten, he was already kind of checked out when you approached him, and this guy is making him look like a genius professional, like, <laughs> sort of that standard. He's picking his teeth with one hand, and with the other, he's like spinning his shield on the ground and it's making like a <laughs> sound. And he's like, and he looks up and he kind of goes, What? Thorsten. Uh, When's the next time he'll be here? He's inside. Yeah, working when he ain't supposed to be the stupid git. Fishing for a promotion, but he's fishing in a puddle. <laughs> right, and who do you want? Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I'm gonna... <laughs> <laughs> who wouldn't want to be in charge here? I'm gonna... <clears throat> quick stop. Alright, I, I... Why don't I just meet you at all hands on deck? I need to run an errand to the south. Alright. Alright. Mm-hmm. We'll fall inside. As you sort of move past the door, the kind of, guy kind of gives you a look, and maybe they're not supposed to just allow any old person in, but you gave him a name, and he kind of like thinks twice about you know <laughs> saying anything and decides not to. And inside, your footsteps start to echo once more. This sort of sparse chamber where very little has changed. Still virtually empty besides the tables pushed together against the far wall where the bodies lie motionless, and their belongings sit in a pile in the corner. The only thing that's new is a good-sized chalkboard lying flat on the ground with a bit of writing on it, and hunched over it, sitting on a stool in deep concentration, or perhaps consternation, is Thorsten Ramaker. And you see him kind of in deep, deep thought and focus. Piss off, Jovany. I'll leave when I'm good and ready. It's not Jovany. And he looks up. Oh, hey. Hello. Good to see you. I had business in another part of the town, but I am back. I was hoping you'd come back and check in sooner or later. I've hit something of a wall. I can tell you what I've looked into. Maybe we can compare notes. I, I need to get to the deck, but pertinent things, yes. Um, okay. Um, well... The first thing uh, I did was, as you asked, you, you said to talk to people who knew Percy Oland and see if the butterfly tattoo meant anything to them, mm. right? Well, as it turns out, he had a dog named Butterfly that passed a while back. Someone I spoke to said he was crushed when she died, and possessed a number of butterfly-related things as mementos. Now, I-, I took this to mean two things. One, that the dagger with the butterfly engraving that he was stabbed with, that was indeed his own dagger. I imagine so. And two, that unfortunately it didn't seem to mean anything beyond that. <laughs> like you had oh. suspected a, a gang symbol or something. Right. Speaking of tattoos, actually, may I look at um, Christopher's uh, again? Yes, of course. I'm going to look at his feet in between his toes. No tattoos. Damn it. And again, he worked at the tall ports, yeah. so that would be unusual for him. Not that that you right. know, wouldn't be a reason to check, but... Alright, uh, never mind. Um, a vial. Uh, go, go on, go on. Oh, uh, okay. Um, when we last spoke, you had asked about Cecil Fulbrook, the blacksmith. Mm. Did you have a chance to speak with him? Maybe he remembers having the dagger commission. You said that you were going to look into that. I didn't get a chance to talk to him about it. Oh, okay. Um... Um, okay, Uh, learning what I did about Percy being stabbed with his own knife, I started to think about why the killer would be using their own weapons against them. 
Now, now, like you said, it's possible they did it just to obscure the connection. But why not just go and, and buy a dagger or a, with a bow and another cheap weapon and, you know, make them look like they were using different weapons, but use your own. It's very risky to, to take the chance and try and rob someone and then use their own weapon against them, right? Mm. So I asked myself, what kind of person can't procure a weapon of their own without stealing it or something? Uh, you had guessed maybe a religious sect at one point, which you know wasn't a bad guess. But but then I thought, band of the benefactor. Do you know what that is? It strikes a bell. What is it? It's come up a couple times, so you do know what that is. It's basically a ring that when if you owe someone a great debt, they magically bind this ring to you. And it's a signifier that you haven't paid a debt. So, um, basically, you can be denied services if you have this ring. It's basically a way to incentivize someone to get their debt paid back. You've heard of it a couple times. It was heard way back in Urnchupa at one point. You heard about it again in Mukmu because Wudu was illegally removing bands of the benefactor. He got in trouble for removing them illegally. So, they're they're sort of government-run. I mean, it would be an offense to sort of use one of these Uh illegally. Uh-huh. Now, those are used all over the continent. It's a ring magically bound to your finger. The ring doesn't have any magical properties itself, but it denotes that you haven't repaid a debt yet. And while you have the ring, many establishments in major cities will de- deny you service, including, very notably, the inability to purchase weapons. weapons. Yes. yes. So, it was just a theory, but when someone comes to town with one of these bands... They're supposed to report to the Broken Crown or another local government. Just going to say, is there a, a to list declare themselves? Yes. yes. Now, plenty of people don't, of course. But <laughs> if a shop owner catches someone trying to make a restricted purchase, there's often a good reward for turning in a violator. So I know that I'm making a couple small leaps, but if our killer no, has a band of the benefactors, this is good. And he sort of <laughs> 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 the, moment, yeah. the two of you. Are <laughs> yes, keep going. If our killer had a band of the benefactor and they previously declared themselves, or if they got caught trying to make a restricted purchase, the Broken Crown would probably have a record of it. So I went to the BC and I got a list of names for those who wear the bands and I've been trying to whittle it down based on who had an alibi or honestly just my own gut feeling. Mm. So I've been checking around town and he shows you the chalkboard and now you see that there's a bunch of list of names. It looks like there was 13 names eight of which are already crossed out. Ooh. So he's done some investigating okay. as to who might have had an alibi for the time of the murders, or that. yeah, so or maybe had a out of town, some reason why maybe he did suspected it was not them. Of the five remaining, three of them are under a, a heading that says declared, and two of them are under a heading that says violators. So three of them came to town and they went to the Broken Crown and admitted, you know, they declared that they had it, which is what you're supposed to do. And then two of them are violators, which means maybe they tried to make a purchase they weren't supposed to make, and they weren't told on, basically. Hmm. And I will give you... Oh, baby. This is what it says on... Weeds! (laughs) None of the names are names that you've seen before. Damn it! (laughs) Erland Lantafel. Orba. Mr. Two. (laughs) Just says Mr. Two right on top. Good work. Thanks. Do you know any of these people? Yes. So... Tethry and Carlo both work at the shortports. Now, Ernano McKenna doesn't like people interrogating his employees, 
but I'm hoping to talk to him later today. Maybe I can arrange a meeting where McKenna's also present, so he doesn't feel like someone's going behind his back. Mm. I mean, he's working right now, so it wouldn't be a good time right now, but I figured if I say, let me just ask you a couple questions in your presence, everything above board, maybe he'll agree to that. So they, those two work at the short points. Now, Tessa is a glassblower that lives in Wamparanina, but people said that she went to Naupa yesterday for the Burmese Yord concert, so I haven't had a chance to speak with her yet. So I don't know where she is. And then nobody that I've spoken to knows who Elijah or Luca are. But I'm going to keep asking around. Okay. This is good. This is good. You've done better than I have. Um, what can you tell me? You were headed to the, the Mycroll Den when we yes. last spoke. The, it's an old woman that works in the General's General who lives across the river. She is a good friend of the young man who works at Reciprocity. He was the one who found Carlotta. Albarca. Yes. No. No. Um, Aldrich. Aldrich. Yes. He left something out of his description. He left out the fact that it, it, I'm gonna walk over. Sure, he the, follows you yeah, over, yeah. over to the um, and start looking through for like a vial. Look through the line. Give me an investigation check. <gasps> um, and I'm gonna explain to him as I go the vial that she used, the vial that was found on her, was to him suspiciously sparkling clean, or at least did not have what looked like the remnants of my crawl makes a green stain on the glass. What was it, investigation? (laughs) I think I think I have a negative. Fifteen. (laughs) Fifteen. You give it a good I mean the two of you take some time, he helps you, you rummage through and at one point you rummage through it and you exchange just to make sure the two of you didn't miss anything. Look through all the pockets. You don't find any glass file or anything of that description. The the body was went to the broken crown first before they came here. Do you think they forgot to give me the vial when I asked for the belongings? Or thought it either totally innocuous. They just thought it was a micro vial. Or maybe somebody there knows something. We gotta go to the Broken Crown. Well, I, I do want to head there in a little later. I still, I have to go to the, I have to go to the inn first. I, I feel like they've given me everything that they would and they're growing more and more frustrated with me showing up there. I'll, you don't have a good connection with the Broken Crown, do you? I have a writ, which makes it uh, at least... Uh, That's good! More. Use yes. that! Yes, I will. <laughs> I will. I will. Okay. All right, so I'll go down there after, as soon as I go to well, the That's good. You said you didn't find much. That's something. <laughs> it, it is, but I feel like this is better. Um, all right. All right. I can't. Okay. That's all I have at the moment. Well, I'll keep trying to um, arrange a meeting with uh, Tethry and Carla okay. over at the short ports and, I mean, ask around. I'll see if anybody knows if Tessa's been in town. What are you going to ask them? Ask who? Tethry and Carlo. Mainly what I've been asking other people is if they have someone who can verify their location on at least one of the nights of the murders. <laughs> I'm going a lot on gut feel. I know, but I, I'm just... If one of them is the murderer, I... Well, I agree, but... Maybe they say something suspicious. All right. Would you prefer I don't? No, no, I... I it's a, what else do you have to go off of? So, yes, go talk to them. Yeah. But be careful. I will. Don't bring any weapons with you. How about that? Oh, that's a good, that's a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Would you have probably carried a weapon? Well, as a member of the militia, I, I carry a weapon. Mm, leave it behind. Okay. That's a good idea. 
Alright. We'll talk again soon. Okay. Thank you for stopping by. Yes. Of course. Alright. Let me know if if anything happens at the Broken Crown. I will. Thank you. Alright. Okay. I better go. Time goes back to his (laughs) (laughs) list. The words are so short. Okay. I'm excited. Are you excited? I'm excited. (laughs) Yes. No, me. Me. Okay. With the walls of the grounds surrounding Oh, here we go. The sounds of the larger township as a whole are muted, if audible at all. And it harkens back to your military training in Kiira. Many a bow was fired, many a sword swung in an arena just like this. And for a moment, the greater troubles of the world fade away. You feel very much in your element. Sarn motions to the closest altar. So there's those two altars. One a little further down, maybe 50-ish feet away, and that sort of deep, rich purple carpet between the two of them. If you would, place the weapon here that you wish to transfer the spirits to, and then walk with me to the other altar. And I'm going to place my longbow on the... Regular standing longbow. He walks you along the carpet to the other altar. Now, your wild ordinance weapon goes here motions to the second Okay. <clears throat> Take it out. And immediately as you place it down, you hear kind of a little chorus of just the noises of the animals and the spirits within. Now, I'm going to try and repeat what we did last time with Becro. Close your eyes. Try to visualize where you found the wild ordinance. The sights the smells, the feelings you were experiencing. And try to verbalize those. Describe uh, the surroundings, where you located the bow to begin with. Uh, well, I was um, in sort of a clearing almost area. I was chasing a what I thought was a baby wolf. And as you say the word wolf, there's kind of a... coming from the bow. Yes, you. Um, <laughs> and... Uh, yeah, I was quite peeved, I think I remember. Um, I don't remember, I had uh, left my backpack somewhere nearby too. Uh, and I followed the wolf up into a tree and then it became the bow. Now, along your journey, have you found other spirits to inhabit the weapon? Uh, yes, I have. Think back to the instance when it occurred. Maybe the first spirit that joined after your initial acquisition of the bow. Right. What happened in those moments before? Describe the feeling of seeing the spirit in distress. It's quite sad. Um, we were quite grateful to it, really, because it got us out of a bit of trouble. But, um, yeah. And as you kind of describe it, you hear that kind of sound of the bear that you heard back in the uh, Shocky Mountains. Close your eyes again, and repeat after me, and I apologize if I butcher the Elvish. Uniofsmo. Uniofsmo. Orellano. Orellano. Monofirja. Monofirja. Opapatago. Opapatago. Ergo fear fire mono. Ergo fear fire mono. And as he's saying the words, you understand what they mean. In Elvish, the phrase means... Awaken spirits, and see that I am worthy and true. See me for who I am. Give me a history check. <gasps> oh, no. 
spicy history. Oh, is that a 19 or 16? I don't think I have any plus on this. Oh, I do! A dirty 20! <laughs> The words leave your lips, that last sort of I sentence. Ergo fear fire, mono. See me for who I am. And there's kind of a, a sudden surge of energy within you. And your stomach kind of drops, almost as if you've just stepped over the side of a cliff, and you're kind of hurtling toward the ground below. The hairs on your arms stand up, and your eyes shoot open. And suddenly you're standing on one end of a stone bridge, maybe 60 feet or so in length. The only things that seem to have remained the same from the battle-ready courtyard that you were in are the two altars, unchanged. One sitting right next to you that has the Animus Wild Ordinance on it, and you can see on the other end of the bridge, there's that purple carpet connecting the two of them, and on the other end of the bridge, on the altar, is your bow the other bow that you place there. Instead of stretching over water or some kind of canyon, the area below and beyond the bridge is a thick green fog that sort of permeates and sort of grows and shrinks. And you could swear that you see dark shapes moving within it, amorphous and ill-defined, like shadows cast across a flowing river. Beside you, after taking in the surroundings, you look, and right next to the Animus bow, a large wolf cocks its head before rearing back and placing its two front paws on the closest altar, and with its nose, pushes it closer to you. Okay. Can I, like, is the wolf, like, em embodied? Yes, and it's, I'm it's as physical as you've ever seen it. Can I, like... Give it a rub? Can I say hello? Give me an animal. Give it a yes! I get to say hello! Please don't run. Oh, I might run away. That'd be pretty sad. What if I lost my... <laughs> Eleven. You go out to give it a little pat, and you start to stroke sort of its thick mane on the top of its head, and it doesn't recoil from it, but it allows you to pet, and then immediately turns its attention back to the bow, and once again, with its nose pushes it a little bit closer to you. It doesn't seem like it didn't like that, it just seems very sort of focused. Dog of the job. Ah, one track mine, okay. <laughs> I'm, I, I'm gonna take the bow. As you pick up the bow, the wolf howls. And two things happen in quick succession. The green fog begins to thicken and pour over the sides of the bridge. It almost swallows up your surroundings. You can no longer see the altar on the All other right, side gonna, of the bridge. I'm gonna draw the bow. And when you draw the bow, there's kind of a pulse of light that emanates from it, and it creates a kind of protective sphere. The fog started to roll in, and then as you draw the bow, this protective sphere almost pushes the fog away, and it makes this kind of maybe 20-foot radius of protective sphere that swirls around both you and the wolf. As the green mist approaches, it crashes against the sides of the sphere. The wolf hops into this little protective bubble and watches as the sphere becomes enveloped around you. And soon you have this sensation of being almost in a sealed fishbowl at the bottom of the ocean, as you can only see the ground beneath your feet and the green fog around you, just a thin layer of protection between you and the dark abyss. With its nose, the wolf motions across the bridge, and from having seen it before the fog rolled in, you know that that's the direction of the other altar. And you feel this connection to the wolf and the overwhelming need to get there 
while maintaining the sphere of protection as best you can. And hang on a second. Oh, oh shit. Oh, no! no. Sephira has to fire a bow? Oh, God. Oh, no. Sephira didn't get her prescription glasses yet. Oh, shit. Sephira oh, cool. needs to go to the eye doctor before she... Is this your... You're shooting your animus bow? Or? I'm shooting my She's longbow. Hold, you're holding the animus bow right now. Oh, I'm you're trying to transfer bow. to the regular. Right, the so one I'm, you have in your hands. Am I firing with the animus bow? The one you have in your hands is the animus <laughs> bow right now. So that is. Uh, you got this. Let's go. Fear. Oh, is it a little dog? Oh, it's a dog. It is a dog, not a wolf. But we'll have to roll with that. <laughs> so you stand oh my God, at the altar God. here, yes, with the wolf beside you, and there is a sphere of protection. Oh shit! Over the top of you, as he points in the direction of the other. It has been so long since I've fired this bow. What mm-hmm. is my proficiency? Uh, right now your proficiency is two. Two, right, yeah. okay. It, so... it goes up as you level up, but right now it's just two. So as you start to take some sort of small steps forward, the green mist swirls around you, and you see these kind of shadowy shapes in the distance. And the dog motions. What do you do? Um, I guess I'm going to start firing at one of these okay. guys. Or can I move forward first and see you if anything happens? You have movement and an action. I mean, we're basically... I'm going to go ahead and try to move Great. a little bit forward. As you start to step happens. forward, you can feel that the bow itself seems to be maintaining the sphere of protection. And by drawing the bow and walking forward, you can feel the sphere pushing against the green fog. The whole thing is difficult terrain, so you're moving at half speed, no matter matter what. So you can feel the sphere kind of pushing as you're moving. So you have, what's your regular speed, 30? 30. So you can move 15 feet, and then you have an action after that. So you're moving forward? Yes, I'm going to move forward. 10, 15 puts you there, and the wolf follows you as you do. Um... Can now, I you kind can see of... some, uh, Give me a perception check as well as you kind of look into the mist. Ha! It's a natural one. Natural one. Okay, they're a little too far now. <laughs> Again, sort of amorphous shapes, kind of shadowy black in the in the sea of fog. Okay. And can I? Can I ask that? Can I? Buddy, should I should I fire at these things? <laughs> okay, so I'm gonna like hearing him say yes. I'm gonna take aim at that guy that's across Which from me. One? There, the blue one. This one here. Yeah. Great. Give me an attack roll. Oh my goodness. Sada's a natural. Natural one. So what? in this kind of surreal, not sort of just almost you. dreamscape, you feel as if the weapon not totally oh, sure-handed, and you go to fire. And instead of firing an arrow, it fires a beam of light that kind of pierces the green fog. But just before it gets to the shadowy creature, this creature kind of drifts to the side and this beam of light kind of goes firing out. So it's firing almost a kind of light that looks similar to the protection sphere itself. Oh, shit. But uh, but you don't manage to hit the creature. All right. Um, That was a movement and an action. Anything else before your turn ends? No, I guess not. Okay, a couple of the figures start to drift towards curse loudly. Make another perception check for me. Yeah, full infiltration. Fuck. Perception? Seven. Seven. You're only able to make out the closest one. This one here. 
And as it's kind of the shadow is approaching, you see some of the features start to take form. And the first form that you see it take looks like a black lion barbarian. And the sense that you get is that these sort of creatures, sort of spectral in their essence, are some of the uh, real life sort of equivalents of what we're torturing the spirits when you first acquire the spirits or the weapon. So in one of them, you see that face of the black lion, and this other one that's pretty close too, you see kind of the vague appearance of one of the uh, tieflings that you fought at the hidden monument where the tortoise was. So you're seeing kind of vague recollections by the spirits of what their sort of tortured souls felt like in the moment. Okay. Um, So none of them were able to reach you uh, in that turn. It is your turn. I'm going to take a shot now at the one that's closer. As you draw the bow, kind of lights up. This one here. Mm -hmm. Jeez, that's an 11 to hit. 11 misses. (laughs) (laughs) Another My dex is 3 and my proficiency is 2, so it's right now um, plus 2. Beam of light goes flying out, and once again, just sort of (laughs) the draw of the bow is much heavier than you expect, especially for the short Oh my god! I'm supposed to be good at this. Like those shooting I impressed the children. I rolled well when that happened because that was uh, important. You have movement as well. Are you continuing to move forward? Uh, I'm going to hold my ground okay. now because I'm worried I'm going to get into someone's range. Okay. Well, these two are going to drift towards you. So they reach I, They still the, might get to me Those first, two reach but... the edge of the sphere and they look like they're coming in for attack, but the, they're like sort of spectral fingers and hands. You can see their propelled backwards by the Sphere of Protection, and it kind of tries to grab and rip at the Sphere of Protection. Is there any damage being done that I can see? It's gonna make an attack roll. What is your AC in Animus form? Right now, my AC is hilarious because I have, um... You're all tortoise. Yeah, full tortoise. So it's, no, it's actually, it's just mine. It's 14. 14, 13, so that misses. So the creature tries to, like... It's as high as mine is. Pull at the edges of the Sphere of Protection as unable to find a grip on it. The The other one is a snake attack as well. Yeah, you get the stupid AC if you go in the shell. Uh, 11 to hit. Eleven misses. So the creature again, these two almost like banging on the outside as you're in this bubble. They try to rip and tear at the sphere of protection, but they're unable to do so. Oh god. Get a little closer. Oh, these motherfuckers. This is going to be a problem. I should have. Oh, whatever. Okay. All right. right, I'm going to make. It is your turn. I am going to make an attack on the same guy and see if we can't hit him this time. Okay. So I haven't hit. Jesus, Mary, and that. 15 to 15 hit? 15 hits. Yes! So, there is no damage. The beam of light goes shooting out, and as the creature's kind of banging against the edge of this sphere, the light hits it, and it gets pushed back. There we go, there we go, there we go. Okay, deep into the fog. So it kind of disappears into the green fog there, and the other ones kind of see it go, but then begin their advance again as they kind of, they're walking, but almost in like slow motion through the fog as they work their way yeah, towards the Stay in the slow motion, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, then, since I have some movement, can I kind of move over a little bit to the side of the, like, bridge so that sure. I can move away from that guy still that's next to me? Five, ten, and then, fifteen will yeah, be there. Yeah, try and we'll to get myself up a little bit further here. All right. I'm not sure if that's smart, but we'll see. Now, after your movement ends, the wolf kind of following along as you work your way through the mist, it gives out a mighty howl. Oh! And I need you to make a. Th- I need you to make three checks for me. Oh gosh! Shit. Religion first. Oh, wow. Come on! Roll the dice. Roll it. Don't I. I, I am. 
am. You do drop. What do I, I consider the roll? She's a dropper. Uh, five. Stop five, that's a fail. Make an animal handling check. I rolled that one and it was better. <laughs> It's uh, all that's in a the dirty twenty. Dirty twenty. That's a, that's a succeed and that's a, a fail. <laughs> and a survival check is the third one. Okay, that's not bad. You're. I know you're right. <laughs> like, this um, number fourteen. Fourteen. Great. So the wolf kind of you can feel its energy passing through you, and he's almost able to like briefly expand the spear to oh, push shit. the spirits out. And the wolf. So it allowed because you passed two of them. Um, you can target two of these to push them further away. Oh, Which two would you like to oh, push Oh, um, away? I would like to push the two that are in front of me Great. further away. Whoa! Whoa. Awesome. That was like some thunder <laughs> And the spirits get pushed back. The one spirit manages to kind of duck down and just hold its ground, and you watch it kind of sway, almost like a something that's snowy and like melting, and then it kind of reforms itself back into a solid state around you. And the wolf, as it howls, you have this very strong connection with the spirits, and you get the sense that it's able to kind of maybe follow commands that you give to it, but that it's limited in the number of times it can kind of use this howl to push spirits away. Okay. So you have the ability to command, to yes, to, to tell it to do so, okay. but it can't just keep doing that every single turn. So you okay. can, sure. in an emergency, you can tell it to kind of howl. Cool. All right. So the spirits are going to emergency. Please, no emergency. <laughs> so one is able to attack right. there. This one very far away. Yes. One is going to make an attack roll. Uh, fourteen. Uh, 14 hits. hits. Great, so the creature reaches in and you see it almost tear a piece off of the sphere of protection there. It has this glowing thing in its hand and it crunches it and the light just kind of gets snuffed out almost like oh, it just grabbed that. the candle a little okay. bit. And you see the creature going for another strike. So that is one hit. If so. any of you bitches hurts my dog. <laughs> oh no. So it seems like the sphere can withstand a certain number of hits. There isn't like a damage value, but it was okay. it was a successful hit there. And you can see the exterior kind of flicker and sort of warp a little bit. Okay, okay it's your turn. Um, and spear's gonna kind of stay close to me, buddy. And I'm gonna go like turn myself a little bit so that I can get the guy that's right there. That just attacked. Great. That just attacked. Um, and let's see if I'm wearing my glasses. Oh, I had dirty twenty. I mean natural twenty. Natural twenty. This is a natural twenty lines it up and now feeling the spirit of the wolf and now getting your bearings a little bit at first they were all kind of closing in all these shadows but you take stock there's only one shadow close by it just tore a piece out of the sphere of protection and you sort of aim the beam of light directly at its head and this torrent of light goes out and the critical hit's gonna push it double here. Yeah. Oh, sure. just keep doing that Bye. he's like right. way out here just do that all just the time do it again. oh my gosh alright all right. Uh, so you have um, movement as well. I would like to now kind of move myself to the middle of the bridge and uh, scoot over, and then also a little bit further up. Yeah, that's a yes. thing. Yes. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> so tortoise was traveling with you. I know. I wish the big right. tortoise was. The wolf sort of following behind <laughs> you, and as you get to the center of the bridge here, it looks up at you. Yeah. Um, and I'm gonna You're kind of give it the signal. Actually, do you get the sense that it's limited in the number of times yeah. you can do it? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> We're all right, buddy. <laughs> and it keeps its head down and continues to move. Okay, the spirits are going to move. This one's way off here. This one can't quite reach Ooh. you. The other two can make an attack yeah. there. So this is going to be two attacks here. Uh, that's a nine to hit and misses. an 11 to hit. Misses. Okay. Nice. That was a lucky hit. 
the flickering of the uh, of the sphere there. Okay, that's their turn. Okay, um, I'm gonna go ahead and move forward so I can get a little bit away from them. So I'm gonna move okay. max distance I'm as 10, far 15. as I can forward. <laughs> and then of those two guys, is either of them closer to me? Which that one's this closer one's closer, closer to, you, to yep. me? Okay, so I'm gonna take a shot at him. Great, do so. Uh, oh! 26 to hit! <laughs> Another beam of light forces it out in the other direction. It's and this one, that as you aim the bow and fire it, again, you see it kind of, its face materialize for a moment. It's another one of those uh, people that was at the monument. You see the face of maybe Sabe, the monk there that you fought in the monument, and then it kind of has a look of horror as it gets blasted by the light and pushed back into the fog. Okay, their turn. Uh, the wolf looks at you once more. And I'm gonna kind of... Okay, I think both of these can reach. Okay, it's gonna be another two attacks here. That one can't reach. Okay, two more attacks. Ooh, uh, 17 to hit and 16 to hit. So these two coming from, as you're kind of moving slowly forward the bow, you feel like a little, just almost something reaching in from the outside and behind you when you turn around to see their sort of spectral claws kind of trying to get through the sphere of protection and ripping out these pieces of light. And in fact, as it gets hit, no. the sphere gets smaller. Oh, so it's a cute Stay close to me, buddy. So the sphere kind of, you're trying to maintain the power of the sphere and it's no longer quite as wide as it once was. Okay. As both hits, they rip out the light from the sphere. All right. Uh, that's it, let's return. Okay, um, I am gonna move away from them first. As far as I can. 15, not quite, Good even with a dash, God, not God. quite there. Okay, that's okay. Um, and then I'm going to turn around and try to fire at one of these guys. Is either of them yeah, closer or they're both, they're both the same? Yeah, they were both at the edge Okay, of I'll the just sphere. pick that guy. Which one? Sorry. Uh, no, this one. Okay, great. Can you attack one? Uh, 17. 17 hits. Turns around quickly. Let's loose. And this time as the light shoots out, you can tell it's a little weaker than it was before now that the sphere is, is a little stronger. It's sort of flickering, uh, fading with its energy. You do push it, but it's not quite as far as, yeah, as it was before. Okay. Alright. The wolf gives you one more look. Um... Do I get the sense that if they were this far away, they would still be pushed back? Um, it's... Yeah, that you don't know. Give me a, uh, give me a animal handling check. As you attempt to sort of read the thoughts in connection to the creature. Six. It's hard to tell how it works. You're not entirely sure. Great. Um, I'm gonna nod to him. Okay. Then. Oh! Goes for another howl. Okay, give me those three checks again. Religion. Plus one. Nineteen. That's success. Animal handling. I'm trying to roll it. I don't know how to roll it. Um... What, which one am I trying animal to handling? Animal handling? Uh, 19. Survival. Come on, come on. Toss. Oh, come on. Uh, 18. 18, Hell. three successes. Yes! Do you want the three closest Hell. creatures? Yes, oh, three tasty. closest creatures. <laughs> the sphere, like, punches out for a brief moment, and as it does, oh, the creatures go yes. way into the distance. Be gone. That one that wasn't affected. Yeah, that was already a little far away. So they get pushed way out of the fog. They're so deep that you can see like little shimmers of black light in the fog, but the, their features have disappeared completely. They're sort of so far away into the fog. All right, the creature is now their turn. The spirits, the uh, haunting shadows. Get there. Mm. 
really deeply hoping that these guys disappear or something when I get to the black shapes taking form as they get a little closer, but it is your turn. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna get to the other side. You get up to the altar. You're close enough to kind of make a. You can see the other bow there okay. sitting on the altar. Uh, I can. See, can I like grab it? You gonna reach out and grab yes, it? Yes, I'm going to reach out and grab it. Give me a religion check. <laughs> no, I'm not religious enough. It's five. Five. As you reach out and you touch, you sort of are waiting for something to happen. You look at the bow in your hand. You look to the wolf who look, kind of looks up at you with like ears tucked back. Oh. And nothing's happening. You're not quite sure what to do yet. What else are you doing? Um, can, do I remember the words? <gasps> Any of the words? The... Give me a. Uh, give me a history check. Come on, baby! No. Is that cocked or is that not cocked? That is not cocked. Oh. <laughs> you know, nice you were try. supposed to help you're me out here. Seven. Seven. You're trying to rack your brain for the Gosh. words. Uh-oh. You're looking for them, but you just can't quite place them. Nothing yet. You might have to take some time to think. Okay. Um, you do still, I still have, have an action. action? Yes, okay, great. Um, if I still have an action, then who's closest to me? This guy? That guy right there. All right, yeah. I'm going to take a shot at him. All right, you can attack roll. Twenty-two days. Twenty-two. <laughs> I knew it hit. I'm just my fingers. Okay, it's pushed further into the fog. Okay. Okay. Um, that's it, I guess. That's All right. The wolf sort of looks at you briefly, but then its eyes go down, and it kind of <sighs> seems like it's breathing heavy, sort of drained a little bit of its energy, unable to maybe help out, and the spirits begin to get closer. Not quite close enough. All right, they all start to close in, and you can feel the wolf sort of unable to use its kind of expanding energy of the sphere of protection, okay. and it looks up to you. It's your turn. Um, I'm gonna... God. Can I have a second to, like, try to remember the words, give or... Me another, uh, give me another history check. Fuck. Oh my god! Yeah, um, I... That's... I think it's... The hell, well, I know I can't find fucking history. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, another oh, turn well. of trying to uh, trying to it's find so the words, but you're unable to do so. You have an action to try and shoot at one. Okay, um, I, that that guy is closest to me, right? He is. All right. Take a shot. That's a natural one. Natural one. So if you're sort of trying to calm stop, your like that's my fault. <laughs> looking around, back and forth. And the creature getting a little closer, beam of light goes out. Uh, dodges through the mist. They get closer. Shit. No. Three of them are going to be able to make attacks here. This one is not. I can't. Turn into a tortoise. Quick. I can't turn into a tortoise. There's only one hit. Uh, 12 to hit. No. 10 to hit. No. And 18 to yes. hit. That's another hit there. No. Reaches in. And it almost like like if you're inside a cage, there's all these creatures like rattling the bars of the cage. And you can okay. feel the energy kind of flickering. It seems like it might be on its kind of last oh, legs no. there. This sphere of protection. And the wolf is kind of looking around as the creatures enclose in from all sides. It's your turn. Okay. Uh, Once again, so if you're Again, I'm, now brain, I'm going to look at the bow and just said... See me for what I am and know that I am worthy. Make a history check with advantage. Come oh. on. That's cocked. That's cocked? Okay. I was like, that is cocked. Yeah. 
The energy swirling around you, trying to put together the words, and you're doing your absolute best to focus, and the wolf is sort of fading in its connection to you a little bit, and you're trying to focus as best you can, unable to do so, you can make an attack, or you can ask the wolf to okay. attempt to help you. I'm gonna li- I'm gonna get down on my knees. Gets quickly down to one knee with the sphere kind of I'm gonna the rattling the, of these sort of invisible cage around. I'm gonna put the bow in front of it and like put a hand on its head and just said, see me for what I am and know that I'm worthy. It's breathing heavily, make an animal handling check. Jesus oh fucking God. Christ, Please. if I Okay. Oh Jesus Christ. Uh t- wait, 21. 21. It sort of summons its last bit of energy. <sighs> Howls, give me those three checks again. Oh, come on. Give me me a uh, religion check. Okay, that's a 19. Pass, animal handling check. Oh, that's a nine. That's a fail. Sorry, buddy. Uh, Survival check. Um... 13. 13, two successes. So, uh, I mean, all of them are going to be up, so... Which is one far away. As the sphere, once again, ripples and the creatures are pushed back into the fog. So it's their turn. There's going to be two no. attacks here. No. 18 to hit. Oh. Creature reaches in. And the, the uh, sphere of protection snaps, and the fog starts to close in around you. And the other creature gets close enough now that that one's broken, and it reaches for the wolf. It's connected to you in its animus form. This is a 13 to hit. What's your animus AC? Uh, 14. 14. Reaches in, and the wolf sort of instinctively, just knowing its limits, just ducks back a little bit. And right in front of its nose, these sort of black tendrils of fingers reach out and go by its nose like wisps. And the the wolf almost recoils as as if it has kind of a pungent, malodorous scent. And it gets closer, and they begin to surround you. Oh, Jesus. You're going to get one more chance here with that miss. Sophia's your turn. Uh, okay. Um, can I do it? Uh, I mean, I, should I try the fucking bow again? Do I try the words again? I don't know. I'm gonna try it one more time. Okay. See me for what I am and know that I'm worthy. Give me a uh, history check. This time she's this mad about it. History check. No, eight. Eight. Says what it is, says the words, and you can feel a little bit of the energy moving around you, but the dark spirits close in. Jesus. And it goes dark. And you find yourself back at battle ready. And Saren sort of, as soon as you open your eyes, you're sort of, and you quickly look around. And Saren's sort of a few feet off to the side. He sort of has a concerned look on his face, like he's kind of been watching from a distance. It took Vecro more than one try as well. Right. Don't be discouraged. No, that wasn't discouraging at all. <laughs> you seem a bit drained mentally. Are you all right? Are the 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 animals? Are they all right? I'm assuming if I failed this, I don't. From what I understood when we did this with Vecro, and as I said. He was unable to do it on his first try as well. It's a manifestation of the thoughts of the spirits. They're not actually being attacked. 
They're trying to forge a stronger connection with you by purging their mind oh. of the thoughts of the evil spirits that they once contended with. <clears throat> well, now I feel worse. I couldn't help it with his bad thoughts. <laughs> I think you should come back tomorrow. We can try again. Right. Well... <coughs> thank you, anyway. Of course. Really, I... Uh, I can't stress enough that these kinds of things, they take time sometimes. Yes. Well, take some time, uh, maybe try to uh, relax, avoid stressful situations. Ha! Ha ha! Oh, right, sure. My life is a stressful situation. <laughs> Unavoidable, actually. Unless you want to kill me right now. Oh, wow. I think I'll pass on that. <laughs> Very tempting offer. Sure. Fair enough. <laughs> well, look, what? try to enjoy the day. Do something for yourself. Okay. If you want to come by tomorrow, we'll try again. If you change your mind about which technique you want to try, we can switch it up as well. And uh, one thing is, uh, I am hosting a jousting tournament in the evening tomorrow. <laughs> so right. don't come by in the evening. Either come by earlier in the day, or if you want to come by the day after that, I'll be available. Right, well... Thank you, I appreciate your time. Of course. Hope it wasn't too disappointing for you as well. And I'm gonna kinda hang my head in embarrassed. I'm gonna start just heading <laughs> okay. out. So I'm so embarrassed. Now. <laughs> yeah, so gonna be like, oh you and me, little bitch. <laughs> she starts to walk and in. Um not to uh, pile on, but I would kick myself if I didn't uh, remind you about the broken crown referral. <laughs> Right, no, I hadn't forgotten. Um, I will mention your name. Thank you. I really do look forward to trying again. Yes, I think you probably look forward to it more than I do, but thank you, yeah. When you succeed next time, I imagine the payoff will be twice as great. Yes, drinks are on me. <laughs> also, uh, hardly a, a pressing matter, <laughs> but... That kid that I told you about earlier. Oh, right. Carson Travers. Mm -hmm. If you ever find yourself with time to kill in Nagarwis, consider stopping by his place. Sure, where is he? He lives right by um, the uh, Llewellyn, Llewellyn Hogs. Oh, oh sure. Gosh. They're neighbors. <laughs> of course. Uh, maybe give him a quick private demonstration of your archery. I, I get the sense that his life at home is difficult. Right. He was really taken by your skill the other day. That he, might cheer him up. He's the kind of kid who spends time here because he doesn't want to go home. Sure. I look forward to it. I'll have the altars set up whenever you're ready. All right, thank you. So he gives you a salute and a wave. I'm try to, like, <laughs> <laughs> walk up right now. So gathering yourself. Exit, battle uh, ready. And that is where we are going to take a break. Oh, oh my man. god. That was brutal. That was horrible. Those rolls, I I hate you. We have beef. We have personal beef in the yellow Oh, it does have a we have We have beef. See, look, see? I have beef with the Anthony says, see, look, see. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I just rolled both of these dice and I got a nine and a four. They're all 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 in detention. As always, thank you so much for joining us. We'll pick right back up. We have a number of kind of things percolating after the aftermath of Safira's lesson so at Battle Ready. 
That is where we'll pick it up when we come back. Thank you guys so much. As always, there's a little recap of the previous episode halfway through the break video. Oh my god. If you need to catch up on past events, we'll see you on the other side. Also, Night Munch reset for 25 months. Thank you so much. Thank you very much, guys. We really appreciate it. We'll see you on the other side. Bye. Tabletop Notch is made possible through the support of fellow adventurers like you. Please consider subscribing to our Twitch channel at twitch.tv slash tabletopnotch. Best of all, you can do this free of charge with an Amazon Prime subscription. Still hungry for more? Follow us on Instagram at tabletopnotch and Twitter at tabletop underscore notch for updates, announcements, and most of all, general tomfoolery. If you miss an episode, venture to our YouTube channel for recaps of previous chapters. And now back to a peek beneath the veil. Welcome back, everybody, to Tabletop Notch, chapter 84, Peek Beneath the Veil. We jump back in after a difficult time at Battle Ready, but we return to the road between Nahupa and Nakuza. Where Orba and Dazara patiently waiting their turn for a game of cards with Percival Mullifair himself. You've watched a couple hands go by. Now, neither of you are, are experts at the game, but you get a sense for how it flows. There's a number of cards that have different kind of animals and numbers on them that sort of signify various uh, sort of strengths of the suit and the number. So we're not going to play the game itself, but you get the gist of how it's played. There's like a couple betting rounds that go forward as you go What through. was it called again? Something queen? Drop the crown. Drop the crown. Yeah. The queen and the reason the it's called drop the crown, there's a there's a maneuver almost like, if you think of like shooting the moon, um, there's like a risky maneuver you can make called dropping the crown that you have a low chance of winning, but the payout's very, very high. Ah, uh, I like this. Drop the crown. You have a gambling problem. Yes. <laughs> So you watch as, like, they play a couple of hands. It looks like they play three hands. And each time you watch as Percival Mullifair wipes the board with these people. They sort of putting in money round after round. And, oh, another dropped crown. Slides it over this pile of money sort of growing. What? Like, how much money? It's not a ton. I mean, these people, he's not, like, playing with the wealthiest people. It seems Mm -hmm. like he comes here to enjoy a bowl of stew and gamble a bit with the locals. So (laughs) the pot ends up being, like, a few silver each time. So it's not nothing, but it's not a Does he ever lose? In the times that you've watched now, that first round and then three more, he won all four rounds. Interesting. (laughs) So that round finishes up, and the guard kind of again steps forward, hand on his hip. All right, uh, you. uh, All right, you, come forward. You, you wanted to play? Yes. All right, sit, and one more. So there's four. So there's four of you plus Percival. So there's five okay. people at the table. Mm, afternoon. Hello. Played before? First time, actually. Oh, splendid. Let's, let's get this over with. And someone hands him a deck of cards. Kind of shuffles. Starts to deal the cards out. So there's a little time here as he's kind of shuffling and dealing. Is there anything that you want to say before they get into the game? Nope. Orba's going to have like a... Like a stack of five silver just on her palms. Okay. She's just going to play with a little bit. So he deals out the cards. And you guys are looking at them. And Orba's got kind of a, a pair of rabbits that have sort of mismatching numbers. Bizarre has a pair of nines. One's a lizard. One's a snake. So you're like looking. You're not totally sure what all the cards mean. So there's basically, there's going to be two rounds of betting. 
and then like people revealing their cards, so they're dealing cards as the betting is happening. So okay. we're gonna kind of fast forward through some of the nitty gritty of it. Basically what I need to know from you guys is, what is the general strategy? Are you trying to stay in the hand as long as possible? Are you trying to are you trying to play as best as possible? Because that's a little different. First like, round, are you I'll trying play to... as best as possible. Okay, playing as best as possible. Mm. <laughs> I will do I will do play as best as possible first as well. Okay. And then probably transfer over. Great. So the cards start to deal out. Mm -hmm. Basically, um, a, a couple people stay in, and the pot grows to about four silver, and it gets to Orba. Mm -hmm. And you basically have the choice right now whether to match or fold out of the hand. Okay. And you get the sense with limited understanding that you have yeah. that your hand is not great. So the people betting right now uh, seem to ha or be confident in their cards. It's hard to peg your odds because you don't know the game well. So right. you have to basically decide whether to match the four silver that's in the pot or just bow out. I'll match it. Oh. Orbit throws him in. Gets to Bizarre, and you watch as Percival kind of raises an eyebrow. Similar thing. So now there's eight in the pot, and you would have to match it again, so it would be eight silver to you. Oh my gosh. <laughs> hey, she's got to sell it. That's true, actually. I'll match it. And that's a pretty big pot for this sort of casual game of Drop the Ground. <laughs> Percival kind of leans back. Time to reveal the card. So everybody give me a percentile roll. Oh, oh come on. Wait, let me just do my math real quick. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> These two, right? Oh, yeah. So oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh. Oh. Screen, so I can't. 88. 88. 86. 86. Oh, fuck it. Right? So they look around. The first two people to reveal the cards are the other two people that aren't Percival or you guys. Uh -huh. And they seem to, they both had stayed in the round and they flipped their cards and they have terrible hands. <laughs> like very obviously they stayed in when they probably shouldn't have. Mm -hmm. And they sort of, tough hand, tough hand. <laughs> and they kind of like throw the money. They're sort of like trying to garner a little favor here with Percival. Would we know if that was a bad Hand. One of them is like so bad that it seems he was either bluffing or it was absurd for him to kind of stay in with such a terrible hand. <sighs> what can you do? Those are the cards. It happens. You could have folded. Well, I was trying to bluff and it didn't work. Clearly. Yeah. <clears throat> so it looks like <laughs> Percival flips his cards over and you guys do too. You both have better hands than he does. Ooh. And Orba has the best hand on the Ooh. table. <laughs> <laughs> so the 16 silver goes to you and Percival flips his cards and you, for a moment you almost sense that he was like already reaching for the center of the pot like he was expecting to win. Mm -hmm. And he sort of... <laughs> do, I, I, do I take this? <laughs> Close one. Second round out of the three, I think. Yep. Starts to shuffle cards a little bit. Anything you guys want to say in between rounds? So, um, a lot of people looking for work here. Navikapur hmm? is an up and coming place. What kind of jobs are you offering? I wouldn't say I'm offering jobs. Mm. Heard there was a little bit of problem with the steed away earlier. No? 
I heard it was fixed. Hmm. Well, do you know who fixed it? Nope. Don't care to find out. Should I? Well, in case there's anything else you need done, maybe the same person or people would be willing to help. Well, if I need another tunnel cleared out, I'll see if I can find them, I suppose. Mm. Shall we? We shall. (laughs) (laughs) Looks at the cards. We're going to do the same thing, basically. So we'll say one person kind of folds out. The guy that you kind of shame for staying in too long, he kind of looks at his cards and he folds out very quickly. Make it obvious. I know, buddy. Bizarre's first to bet this time. There's five silver in the pot, and your hand's pretty good, so. I'll match it. Alright, try our matches, so it becomes ten, becomes ten to Orba, and your hand's middling. <laughs> I'll fold. Mmm. She looks at his cards. Yeah. I'm going to, uh,. Drop the crown. Sort of pushes the same cards for a little bit. And basically the people that have folded out at this point get to like redraw cards to their hand and try and get a new hand of cards. So the people that have folded out kind of reach for the cards, look at their hand, and you now draw now. Now your hand is much better than it was before. And you have the opportunity to stay in this time. Yes, so the 10 silver. So he matched the 10, bringing up to 20 silver. And you would be matching 20 silver. Ooh. Ooh. Two gold. Two gold. Yeah. Two gold. She's gonna throw it in there. Ooh. And the other person that isn't you guys looks at the pot and sort of <sighs> folds out. <laughs> a little too rich for their blood. So it becomes, uh, because it was a dropped crown, it's a new betting round. So you put two gold in. Yes. Became four gold. Four gold to stay in. <laughs> Get the sense that Percival's pushing the uh, bets a little bit here. I consider myself quite the competitor. Hmm. <laughs> Make our percentile rolls. Oh, oh shit. shit! Come on! Oh no! Oh, boy. Percival is seventy-two. Ah. 42. 27. 27. Flips the cards. And Percival's hand's very, very good. Looks like he might have been kind of bluffing a little bit early on, but then pushing it as it went late. Reaches forward. (sighs) Want my money back and then some. Good for you. If only I had just got as much luck finding that wizard that was ruining your steed away. (gasps) I wasn't aware that a uh, wizard was ruining my steed away. Oh. Foley didn't brief you. Boldly. If you're Boldly? <laughs> <laughs> reports to other people before it reaches me, so... Maybe you should ask them why they didn't think it was worth your time. Make persuasion check. Fourteen. (laughs) Find Martin for me. (laughs) (laughs) You 
watch one of the guards kind of walk off and immediately start to tack up his horse. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Shall we? Mm-hmm. Yep. Come, <laughs> <laughs> Martin. Fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Poor Martin. Oh, oh, no. That's another moment here where you can talk if you want. That's the guy who gave us free rides? <clears throat> one guy kind of leans forward. So, um, sort of starting up uh, your farming in Naupa? Oh, a little bit of everything, I suppose. You never know who you might need. Mm. Of course, I only uh, employ people that I feel I'm compatible with. What, can, what do you consider compatible? Well, you know, uh, people that I can enjoy a game with. If I'm not having fun, then, well, I feel maybe that's a lack of compatibility. Well, then maybe we should up the ante. What's the, like, original like, bet? Like, a silver, usually. Say a gold? <laughs> I'm in. And the two people that are there kind of just <laughs> here at this table sort of look at each other. Yeah, I'm in. Oh. Reaches into his pocket, oh, no. and then the other person sort of. Oh. Mr. Mullifat, thank you for your time. Sorry, Scotty. Good choice. Leaves. So it's the one guy <laughs> there. I'm sorry. He looks into fish. his coin bag and he sort of. Yeah, so sorry, buddy. Oh. 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 Puts it in the middle. Okay. Oh, I don't want. Is he? <laughs> where is he seated? By the way, that uh, guy. Directly to your left. Okay. So, the betting begins, round kind of goes forward, Percival matches the bet up to two, another person match. So we'll say it gets to the point where it's at four gold, two Orba once more. And uh, give me a d20 roll. Oh, okay. Oh shit. Under the chair. 11. 11. You have like an okay hand. It's okay. not a great hand. Um, what is drop the crown... What do you do for that? Like, So if you think your hand is really good, or if you want to bluff, dropping the crown basically allows other players to redraw cards that they get to put away cards they don't want mm-hmm. and draw new cards. Basically, you're giving them an extra chance to draw good cards. Why? And why would somebody do that? Because the they have to match a much larger bet. So the payoff is oh, potentially much higher. I yeah. see. Okay. Got it. So you really only do it if you think you have a great hand. Or if you think or you can bluff them. Yeah. Really, yeah. yeah. I'd like to drop the crown, please. Hmm. He had his cards kind of at the table after he looked at them, so he like looks down and kind of looks at his cards <laughs> once more. And you see it, uh, the one guy to your left sort of looks at his cards. He puts both of them on the table and he draws <laughs> both of them. So, Bizarre, you uh, roll a d20 for me to kind of determine the quality of your hand. Too. So you have a very poor hand, but she allowed you to redraw because she dropped the crown. You do it with advantage. Go ahead and roll again. Oh, thank you. <laughs> so you see Bizarro put her cards down, redraws both of them. 16. 16. You, the cards that you draw are quite good after mm. she allows you to drop the crown. So now you have to match. It was at two. Orba had to match to four, so you had to put two gold in. But now because you dropped the crown, you have to triple it. So you'd have to put eight in. Are you kidding me? But you got, you were able to redraw your this card. He doesn't get out of bed for less than 50 gold. 
Fine, I'll do it. <laughs> oh my gosh. So there's six, uh, no, eight plus four. There's 12 in the pot. And so uh, Percival would have to put double the pot in. So he'd have to put 24 gold. And it looks. Plays with kind of the, the Ew, earring on so his It's so gross. Ear. <laughs> it's bizarre, Reaches down, takes out a little sack. Oh my gosh. Oh. A little clattering of gold splashes oh. across the table. Oh, baby. I had a first taste of real gold. I love this. It's interesting, if nothing else. Hmm. All right, let's see him. Everybody roll your percentile. Oh, oh, oh no. The guy to your left rolled a 13. Oh, <laughs> oh no. Yeah. Not a good one. Poor buddy. Poor buddy. Oh, I don't want to see him live. Alright. Okay. 54. 43. <gasps> 27. 27. <gasps> the cards get flipped. <gasps> Time for one more stew, I think, and then uh, let's hit the road. And the guards begin to sort of nod, and they start to uh, like get, gather his belongings uh-huh. as he gets up. You take the pot, that's 36 gold, minus what you had put in already, obviously. Uh-huh. Great. He leaves the, he starts to get up and immediately like puts a jacket on. <clears throat> Thank you for your games. That was um, interesting. Thank you. He starts to walk kind of over to the kitchen area where, again, some of the people are being served this kind of stew. Can I, the guy who was sitting directly left of me as I'm like pulling the pot mm-hmm. in, how you much- You see him kind of, as he like watched some of his savings go away. How much did he end up putting in? So he put in uh, the initial gold, he was first Same up in that, yeah. and then he had to match, he put in like three gold into the pot. Or was gonna give him four. Four gold, so you like, Toss it over to him? Um, uh, no, not like on the table. She's okay. gonna like... Uh, Give me a sleight of hand check. Yeah, I know. <laughs> How much Boy, you just gave up all gold! Sleight of hand? Oh, no. That's an even ten. Even ten. Or but kind of as she's pulling in all the gold, grabs a little couple coins in her fist, nudges the guy to the side, and he looks down, he kind of looks up at you. She'll shoot him a little wink. Takes it. <laughs> Thanks. So I have twenty then. Uh, you pulled in twenty-four. No, you oh, pulled no. in thirty-six Sid. minus what you had already put in. I don't 32. know if you subtract. I was already. subtracting. Okay, great. So, so you pulled in thirty-six 32. and then minus thirty-four. Okay. Nice. Nice. Hell yeah. <laughs> oh my god. He's gonna remember you now. You've seen this guy like run through the gamut of emotions. He was like panicking when the stakes went up to a gold, and then like literally looked like he was gonna pass out when the hands were revealed. And then as you give him the gold, he sort of <gasps> Oh no! He sort of goes over to his horse. You can hear him like, never again. Monk's wages oh, no. for somebody. So, it depends like, on if yeah. he's a skilled laborer or not. Oh, if he like works the field, oh, that's God. that's a big chunk of change. Oh my God. <laughs> oh no. So he's gone, right? That man's gone. So now it's you and Orba at the table, and the guards have followed Percival over to like the seating eating area a little bit. Should we go over? I don't think he's going to like me very much, but you lost, so maybe he'd like you. That's true. Okay. 
I'll give it a shot. Start to walk around. As you get sort of close to his table where he's sitting down, now enjoying a bowl of stew, immediately one of the guards reaches out and puts a hand on your chest, and Percival kind of looks over. If you come to commiserate... Yes. Let us sit for a moment. Guard puts his hand down. Tough round. Yes, well, I suppose you can only find so many people willing to just lose to you round after round. Right. I'm not an idiot, but it's fun. Yes, and I assume you win most of the time now. <laughs> yes. You obviously want something. What is it? <laughs> well, if you hadn't already guessed or supposed... You're looking for work. I think I already found it, actually. <laughs> Did you now? I happened to hear about a certain contract. About um, preventing any more saboteurs uh, in any of your projects. And also, recovering the remains of your boat. Stand back a bit. The guards kind of take a couple steps back. I already have someone seeing to those needs. <laughs> right. Uh, I talked to that someone, and... He was willing to turn it over to me. Make a persuasion check. Oh, oh my jeez. Oh, lies! <laughs> That's a cop. I promise. <laughs> Can't see it, I believe you. Mm. For once. 16. Nice. There we go. Huh. People in that line of work <laughs> don't usually just turn those things over. Hmm. It's very true. But, you know, I can be very persuasive. So what then? You're going to find my goods? I will try. Do I reap the rewards? <laughs> Is he dead? <laughs> He won't be on my tail. Let's just say that. Is that because he's dead? <laughs> yes. Fine. Take it. But if he comes back to me, wondering why someone else is running around doing his job, I'll find you. I don't think that will be a problem. Mm. Do you have any more information I need to know? I think I've already spent more than enough time conversing with someone beneath my station here out on the road. <laughs> Why don't you stop by the mail house and look for a letter in the coming days? <clears throat> Alright. Then, when I do complete the job, how will I receive? My payment? My residence is in Naupa. <laughs> <laughs> I 
sure you can find it. If you were able to find him. Mm-hmm. Looks like I'll be pretty successful then. Hmm. Go on. Just so you know, I did already help with the steed away. So, chances are I'll be pretty successful. Make a persuasion check. Mm-hmm. into that when I speak to Martin. You're not angling for his job by any chance, are you? No. Well, go on and smile. I just offered you a job. Let the people here know it so they can stop sucking up to me. Sure. He sort of pulls over his bowl of stew and has kind of chunks in it. Can we kill him? No. Or was it going to be hanging You walk back to the horse. Or was it? Well, I'd have to say he is definitely the creep that he comes off to be. But I secured the contract. <gasps> That's great. And let him know that. I had something to do with the steed away already, but I'm a little worried about Martin. <laughs> oh, I got him in trouble. He did imply if I was looking to take over his job, so... Oh. Not sure what that's going to mean. Well, I got... I, I just, it all went to my head, you know? I was winning a lot of money and I got <laughs> I understand. Really it's just... If we don't hear from him again, well, I think we'll know why. We can... Send him a, a nice severance package, right? Like, like, well, sure. Like some money. Saying I'm, I'm so sorry. Sorry, dumbass. <laughs> yes. Um. Like, what, if I, what if I gave him the gold that I won? I don't think you have to give him all the gold. That's a very big winning. How much? I guess I don't really know what normal people make. Because I didn't <laughs> just, make money, and then I started making money, and there was a lot of money. It's okay. <laughs> just hold on to it for now, and we'll figure it out. Okay. Okay. Orbis, Orbis is really sad. Good job. Oh, God. Yeah, we did it, right? You were fantastic, as always, in your games. I... I never seem to quite understand how good you are. We got to, we got to play more of that game. It was really fun. Sure. Make rules for actual <laughs> games. <laughs> yeah. Should we head off? Are, are you hungry before we leave? It... No, I think I'm okay. We can go. Thank All you. Right. Let's head out. You guys head west once, or head east once more in the direction of He's going to have a really bad day. But he's gonna be It'll be a tough day. <laughs> We head back to Wamparani now, where Erland has just separated from Graven, walked into the Militia Reserve. Start to head kind of southbound toward the bridge, taking in the sights and sounds of the ports. You're amazed at the amount of activity here. I mean, even Naupa, which was a fairly big city, there was like clusters of busyness, especially around the Upe House. But here it just seems like streams of people moving in and out of every street, along the riverbank especially, moving toward the ports and back toward the residential areas. What do you do? 
I'm gonna head towards um, <coughs> Young Fire, like I saw it on the map, which mm-hmm. I guess means I have to kind of cross over the bridge. Great. You get to the bridge, and as you get over the bridge, you take in that nice view of the Navika River running underneath you. You can see all the way down out to the ocean. Um, head over the bridge. <clears throat> so yeah, I want to head to sort of, I guess, what seems to be like the residential area of Young Fire. Sure. As soon as you get past the Broken Crown Station, which is one of those first buildings on your right there. Oh right, yeah. As soon as you get past that, they start to look mostly residential. Um, I mean, you know that reciprocity is in the area, but other than that, the buildings are very small. It's houses and things along the river. Um, I just like to, if it's still relatively busy, I'd sort of like to stop someone that seems like they're um, not working. Someone who's like walking. Sure, yeah. Maybe. Especially as you came over the bridge, there was plenty of people passing by. Yeah. You could stop. So I'd sort of like to stop someone? Sure. Excuse me. Yeah. I'm looking for um, Siegra. Do you know Siegra? Mm, she no. lives in the neighborhood. <laughs> but I know uh, Sigra. Oh, Sigra, yes. Sigra. Uh, yeah. Where, where, where does she live? Um, sure, it points down a little bit. Let me bring up the map. Where is he going? You did write down forward. I did. Shooch. This uh, smaller one right. Right here. Is that like right next to reciprocity? This no, is so it's one house over from okay. reciprocity. Yeah, one, there's one between the two of them. Right. Yeah. Um, if you see uh, reciprocity, you've gone too far. Oh, right. Thank you. Yeah. Awesome. So I'll walk over to that little house. All right. So beyond the offices of the Broken Crown, you move along the river, well before you get to the kind of farthest southwest reaches of Wamparani now. It was a cozy little one-story home with a flat roof slanted toward the river nestled between a pair of large trees. It's one of the smallest buildings in the surrounding area, but if you had to guess, you'd say it was also one of the oldest. The wood is worn and faded, and some of the exterior shutters have seen better days. It evokes a feeling of what Navikapura might have been before the post-war shipping boom, and you get the sense that whoever lives here has seen a lot as they've kind of weathered the transition from a very small Navikapura to this sort of booming port that it is today. Spread out on the porch are various racks that hold dozens of pairs of boots and shoes, and judging by the fact that they're different sizes, they're either an enormous family Or perhaps more likely that the occupant is a cobbler of some sort. Though they're not displaying their wares so much as they're kind of piling them in piles around the porch. And if this is the outside, you kind of shudder to think about what the inside might look like. It's quite disorganized and kind of just these racks and piles of shoes and boots here on the outside. So sort of go up to it and give a light knock at the door. A little bit of walking inside. And the door kind of bursts open a little bit. (laughs) And a tiefling woman with a rare bluish pigmentation to her skin and horns that kind of curl out like a ram's answers the door. Long black hair and an even longer brown duster jacket that scrapes against the ground as she walks. And she's snacking on what you recognize as a ripe plomba fruit. And she kind of gives you an exaggerated tilt of the head as she looks you kind of up and down. Marking you right away as not one of her typical customers. Shoes or shadows? Excuse me? Do you need a pair of shoes or do you need a shadow? A shadow? <laughs> if you have to ask, it's not why you're here. So what can I do for you? Um, I'm a friend of Robert Bastille's. He told me to come see you. Mother? Takes another oh, bite up. Mmm. Mmm. Mm-hmm. Mmm. 
she kind of walks over a couple steps on the forge. She picks up one of the boots. Tosses it. Oh, picks up another boot. <laughs> Reaches in, kind of trying to feel for the bottom sole. Puts the palm of her underneath her armpit so she can reach up into the boot. And she pulls out a pawn, golden in color, with an emerald on the top. Yep. She holds it in one hand, takes a bite of the plumba fruit, and she just kind of unceremoniously tosses it across the porch, and you catch it. There you go. Uh, thank you. I'll put it in my bag. Um, and I believe I owe Robert some money for this. Mm-hmm. He's literally the worst. Um, all right, so take out 200 gold and <laughs> give it to her. Pass over the 200 gold. 200 gold. She takes it, and she kind of, like, she doesn't even put it in something. She kind of plops it on the banister of the porch there. May I ask how you know Robert? You came highly recommended. Or rather, colleague. Oh, friends. And what is it you do, exactly? Well, I'm, a, I'm a bounty hunter. I worked with him when we were in Erin Shuba. Mm. You look about as shifty as I do. <laughs> <laughs> Given our mutual friend, I thought you might be in a similar line of work as me. What line of work is... What is shadowing? Do you follow people? <laughs> Did you train a day, um... Any sort of monastery or? No. Just learned it on the streets. Oh, what do you follow? What do you do? You, do you do, do you it openly? Follow? Like, that's sort of something that people. That's not a crime? Following someone? No. What do you do when you follow them? Depends on what my clients ask for. What sort of things do clients ask for? Dirt, mostly. Oh, goodness. Well. <laughs> I suppose that's a good thing to know, but uh, um, well, that, but uh, that's not something that I need right now. Well, if you need me, you know where I am. And you also fix shoes, then. Mm-hmm. Oh my god! <laughs> oh, or are there like plumba fruit seeds all over the ground? There's like <laughs> she's, she's chewing on. There isn't like a seed in the middle, but there's like uh, some of the sort of rind. She's like chewing it and spitting out the kind of the, the skin or the rind that's on the edge of the bottom. We're going to pick up. Alright. Um, <laughs> did Robert mention anything else? Was there anything other than... No! Oh, well. Um, thank you, Seagras. Uh, good to make your acquaintance and if I need anyone followed or if I need my shoes fixed, I'll be sure to um stop by. Great! Alright. <laughs> Alright. And then sort of turn and leave, and you can hear her kind of thumping around a little bit, and then uh, the door kind of slamming behind. I love her. Um, I'm gonna take a quick stop by reciprocity as well. Okay. Uh, just because it's right next door, yep. so I just want to sort of couple of places down. Take a look at it. Do I see anyone? Um, sure. So you walk over there. Um, give me a perception check as you're approaching. A ten. Ten. There is no one outside at the moment, but you um, you kind of marvel at the at the especially in this neighborhood that you've passed by mostly like simple houses, kind of like Seagra's, maybe a little nicer than hers, but like this again, sort of three sided courtyard really stands out in this area. It has this kind of sort of regal, imposing appearance um, as it sort of uh, sort of shoots up out of the riverside here. So you take a look around. You don't see anyone at this hour. All right. Um, it's still early afternoon, yeah? It is. I mean, it's not even the afternoon. Okay, you guys right. woke up around 8. Oh, right, right, Took right. 30 minutes at Steederway. It's probably like 
11 o'clock. All right, so sort of taking in, um, I'll take in the building, sort of make note of what it looks like, and I'll start heading back to um, uh, All Hands on Deck. Okay, great. We'll say that Erlen's errand and Graven's kind of uh, mild sidetrack there Mm -hmm. at at the Militia Reserves. You guys are arriving around the same time. Graven's going to arrive slightly before. Is that the fucking piece I got from Michael Ainsley for you? (laughs) Son of a bitch. <laughs> another day, another surprisingly busy morning for all hands on deck as you make for the red door that's become just kind of a symbol of Wampurani Na's exploding population. It's also a frustrating reminder of their tight-knit community thanks to your dealings with Hatchet and some other employees at the ports. Evidently not looking to imbibe, you see Lawson Vernet standing just outside, impatiently kind of wrapping his fingers along his upper arm, and he leans away at one point in disgust as some hungover patron kind of bursts through the door and they kind of spit on the ground and you see Lawson sort of... It's like before 10 a.m., right? It's like 11 o'clock, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was like... Oh, it's brunch time. So you see this, you know, exceptionally tall human man kind of pushing back his thick black hair falling in front of his face as he sort of looks around and doesn't see you right away. Um, Vernet. Good morning. I hope you didn't have to wait too long. It's fine. Not trying to hurry you, but I've got a practice to get to. I'll be right back. Just pass quickly. Yeah, you say you go upstairs, grab your stuff, come back down. So shield and scale mail. Yeah, I'll I'll keep. I have my mace on me this whole time, so I'll just keep that on me. Um, Yeah, bring everything back down. Uh, Shield, I don't need. I have a custom one. Oh, well, that's good. And I'll kind (laughs) of pitch it back up over your shoulder. Custom scale goes for somewhere around 50, 60. I was thinking 10 gold to borrow it through tomorrow night seems more than fair. 10 that I get to keep that's not just collateral. Yeah. Oh, all right, that's fine. (laughs) (laughs) I pay for damages if there are any. And like I said before, any padding I outfit it with is yours to keep, I don't care. Sounds like a good deal to me. Reaches, counts out 10 gold, hands it over. Starts to kind of look at the armory, sort of gives it a a shake, kind of checking the joints, making sure nothing's kind of loose or damaged. He seems pretty satisfied with the quality of the armor. Now the, uh, any word from Seasim about when yours will be ready? Probably not for a week at least. Ugh, that's unfortunate. The, the actual tournament is tomorrow. Tomorrow night, yes. Well, if I have nothing to do, perhaps I'll come and, uh, and watch. Do you want to watch? Yeah. It's invitation only, so you want just to be able to walk in. Oh. <laughs> well, yes. <laughs> yeah, I might like that. You'd have to sit next to my brother. He's an idiot. <laughs> oh, yes. Well, I don't have to pretend to like him, do I? No. Fine. He reaches into his pocket. He takes out kind of a piece of parchment that looks like it's an invitation to... <laughs> I was going to say, um, I was happy to return the armor the following morning, or even that night, if you need it badly enough. But if you needed it quickly, you would have had to meet me at Naupa at battle ready. But if you're coming, then you can just take it after I'm done. Perhaps I will. Anything else? 
luck, I suppose. Thanks. Alright, see you around. Sort of slings the armor over his shoulder, starts to walk. You see this kind of mountain of a human man moving through the streets with this set of armor on his shoulder, sort of pushing wow. past people. And right around then is when Erlin shows up as he, you don't see, you see Lawson walking away from Graven as, as you start to approach. Oh, recognize him. He's a large jouster, I suppose. Someone who would need yes, armor no, myself. You, you explained, <laughs> it's, it's still shocking to see. He's like this tiny guy. Yeah. Of no, it's still shocking to see someone. I mean, he's not that big. Oh no. Um, For a human, I suppose. Do you have, do, do you have a, a room already here? Do I need to rent one? I can rent. I was, if it's, I'm just gonna rent one. I'll just walk past Graham and I'll go to sort of to the. You can push through the door. Yeah, it's not busy in here, but again, for this early hour, you're surprised by the number okay. of people that are in here. The bartender's kind of there's a guy kind of idly plucking at a at a, a guitar, and as he plucks, the crow is like sitting on the oh neck of the God. guitar, and it's like. Pling, <laughs> and they're all like kind of laughing at this whole display, or the raven actually, not a crow, sorry, it's a raven. How dare you. And so as you're moving in, you see the bartender who kind of gives you a friendly nod. Ah, uh, could I book a room, please? Uh, sure, um, it's just one silver for the night, just one night. Uh, yeah, that should be fine. Sure, uh, let's see, I've got three B. Sounds fantastic. Uh, gets you a key. Um, and I'll head up to the room. Okay. Are doing anything I'm this actually going to go and put my mace and shield back in the room. Okay. Put everything away. Sure. Yeah. Head to your... Yours was 3E, I think, so you guys are on the same floor. <laughs> I think I, mar- I marked that down. 3E. Okay. E. So you guys are on the same floor, but a, a few rooms down. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so are we going up, I assume, roughly together? Yeah, yeah you, well, you hear Raven following yeah. you up the stairs. <laughs> do, you, do you, um... Where are you heading off to? Well, I need to go see Franco. Oh, yes. Um, other than that... <sighs> I, I don't know. I don't know how to approach McKenna. Do you have any ideas? What do you need to ask him? Well, is it... What do you mean? What do we all need to ask him? I mean, I don't think that... You don't care about McKenna? No, I just don't think that there's anything... Come into my room. <sighs> Uh, open the door, go inside. Yeah. I'll close it. It's pretty dingy, especially compared to the Obeil house, which is I'll start, significantly nice. I'll just remove my, I assume there's like a little chest of drawers there's, or something. Yeah, I'll take my uh, nunchaku and quarterstaff and... Um, yeah, let's not fuck around. I'll take my um, I'll take my darts out as well. Let them drop into the dresser. I don't know if there's anything I can ask McKenna about mutants or his use of, of Mike in it or, or anything that wouldn't be extraordinarily obvious and foolish. Exactly. So is there something specific you're looking for from him? There's... I've been investigating a string of murders <laughs> in this area, <laughs> and there's a missing person. There's a number of things. And you think McKenna's behind both the murders and the missing person? I don't know. He's definitely... He's obviously somebody who's in the thick of it here, both in the Mykonid trade and illegal do- goings-on. Sure, but lots of people do murders, I suppose. Do murders? <laughs> I do sure. it on the side. <laughs> I like dabbling. I just, murders. why do you think that someone that powerful would be where you'd start your questioning? Exactly why I was saying that it would be difficult. I don't <laughs> know. 
And you've asked sort of local law enforcement? I don't, do you want me to help you with this? Law enforcement is rather pitiful here. That is, the Gentle Void run this area. Yes. The Broken Crown has a footing, but not nearly as much. And the local militia is three rungs below that. Well, I'm, I'm afraid I can't help you with McKenna other than... Because I don't think talking to him about outright about uh, Mike and use is perhaps the wisest. No. I think that... I mean, I'm hoping to... I'm going to talk to Marvin Bishop right now. I'm hoping that that is... That will glean something about Mike and use, but... Who, where are you headed? I'm headed to Palma I'm, Franca. I'm heading south. Um, the the oh, note said right. it was south from Marvin. <laughs> Out of town. Yeah. Little that's right. So I'm walking How, up a little bit out of town, but I'm going to do that now. As I said, do you want to set a time where if you haven't come back to this inn, I come after you? 20 minutes will take me to get there. 20 minutes back, that's 40 minutes. Two hours? Three. I'm not. If I'm not back in three hours, yes, I suppose that would be. Something. That would be a good time to start worrying. Right. Well, three hours back at this inn then. It, it, yes, yes, yes. I'll either be in the sort of main area, bar, or up in this room. All right. Um, I'll keep my ear to the ground, but I don't really know who you're looking for or what exactly the murders right. are. <clears throat> I didn't speak with McKenna. But he invoked two names of people that were possibly on his nerves. I'll tell you what they are. Right I'm now. <laughs> <laughs> but not yet. Not yet. <laughs> Don't speak. The anticipation is killing. Riggins and Hannah. Evidently they were getting into some anti-gentle void shit. <laughs> or at least we're spouting it. <laughs> they were talking shit. Alright, well, I just don't... <laughs> and perhaps. And perhaps soon. They'll be hit. I don't know if... <laughs> I... Sure. If you, you hear the names, to... let uh, me Yes, know. if I hear the names, but... Goodness. I'm unarmed at the moment, so I don't think I'm going to proceed to the short ports or anything like that. So I might pass them. run into a problems with the locals with being armed all the time. Well, I'm not used to it, but... Good luck with Palma, and I'll see you here in three hours, hopefully less. Just... <sighs> yes? I just hope that you share everything that you find. Ooh. Yes, I can tell you right now I'm not going to be able to ask much, given that he's a prisoner. Understandable. Honestly, I'm going to see if it's possible to rescue him this evening. That might not be we possible. We would need more than you and no, I, No, yes, think. of course, of course, of course. Sophia is supposed to come soon as well, but I want to know what we're dealing with. I want to know who has him and why. If I can glean that, then at least... We'll be able to make smart decisions on what to do because he is a valuable ally. And if he thinks that you're there to rescue him immediately, mm. well, then I hope he can run fast. Oh. Try not to get him killed. Oh. Good advice. And I'll sort of start heading towards the door. You guys Walk get up. to the, the lobby or sort of bar area of all hands on deck. Head out through the door. 
Uh, good luck. See you in three hours. And I'll start following the road out of Wampronina south. Start to head for the bridge, Graven. Shit. Franco's. Franco's, great. You, you, Bizarre had given you a description of Palomar Franco's house. You Thank start to you. head in mm. that direction. Get ready to knock down that door. <laughs> We're going to head over to Naupa for a moment. Sort of leaving <laughs> battle ready, <laughs> feeling uh, <laughs> less than confident. Yeah. But still knowing that there are more opportunities to be had <clears throat> Wild Ordinance. Where are you headed, Sophia? Um, I am going to head... Do I know where the fancy... What's the, I forgot the name of the fancy place oh, where she's... We'll pull it to Sophia. Um, oh, no. it, it's in Nagarwas, which is where you came in, so it's two yeah. townships over. Yeah, okay. Um, then I'm going to head to Nagarland. Okay. Are you, in what way? Are you grabbing your horse? Are you trying to head to the steeder way? No, I'm going to go grab my horse and okay. then I'm going to he- go Ooh, head to me. Go past Nagarwas. I guess... Uh, Nagarwas is right next to uh, where I'm You would here. pass through Nagarwas to get to Womp Running Off. That's horse, true. Back. So if I'm... Mm, I'm worried he's not going to wait for me. <laughs> um... <laughs> Oh, God. Yeah, I'm going to go straight to Meterland because I'm scared he's not going to wait for me. So you're heading to the Steederway? Uh, no, because I don't have a free pass anymore. Remember, I used it, so I'm going to have to go. Yes, what I'm saying, though, is <laughs> wait, if, remember, you, if I you go on horseback, don't... you will pass through Nagarwas anyway because the oh. one is on the whole other side. The only way to go straight to Erland would be taking the Steederway, is what I'm saying. Okay, then that's... So you try to convince someone to let you use the Steederway or take the horse I'm just gonna take my horse across, and I'm not gonna stop. <laughs> Please, I'll do it later. On the way back. Sphere returns to the Ubeo house, grabs her horse, tacks the horse, makes sure that everything's in order. So you have all your belongings with you. Um, whose horses are still there? Is it just Erlen's horse? Okay, so Erlen's horse is. You see Erlen's horse was still there, and he had rented the room for another. My night. saddlebags yeah. are in the room. Yep. And Sephira knows. It's not severe. Uh, Satyria knows um, that you still have the room for another night, so she's familiar with your horse. She saw you come and, and tie it up in the barn. Okay, so I'm going to kind of give Erlen's horse a pat, give mine a pat, mount up, and... Great, so you start to mount up the horse, and Satyria is kind of coming out at this point. The younger guy works kind of the early morning shift, but she sees you kind of start to tack your horse and head it out. Oh, uh, yeah, just for a bit. I'm not actually sure where we're going to end up tonight, but if we end up around here, then I'll let you know. I think um, Erland rented a room. Yeah, I know. He's not sure either, but he wants to have a backup. Just That's fine. Um, anything you need me to look to? Uh, no. No, I appreciate it. But just make sure this one doesn't run off. I'm kind of gesturing at Erland's horse. Can I ask you something? Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. What's My that? cook went to um, change the water basin in your room last night. Right. And said he smelled the worst smell he had ever smelled in his life. <laughs> I don't suppose that was merely someone making sick in the room. Uh, there, there, there was a bit of that. Um, I made the unfortunate mistake of um, leaving a bird that I'd killed in my bag a bit too long. Make an exception. <laughs> oh, a bird. A bird? I don't know. It's, it had to be small Back enough to fit my, my bag. Pillow. Deception? Mm-hmm. Oh, why am I lying Deception. to this bitch? Well, I can't lie. <laughs> Believe I me. I don't know how to <laughs> I always look and I have no- 11. 11. Well, do me a favor and don't bring any more birds <laughs> up to your room. Shade. Because between that and your Goliath friend at the concert, we're having a bit of a um, reputation issue in the past couple oh, of days. I'm so oh. sorry about that. Um, wow. That's a, that's a deep yeah, really Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, I will not bring any more birds, and I will let Graven know. 
I'm forever grateful for what you did a couple nights ago, but... Yes. Um, but we're being terrible guests. Let's keep the alehouse as a, a comfortable place of respite and not a base of operations for whatever you have going on. Sorry, yes. Noted. Have a safe ride. Yeah, no, I'm, gonna, <laughs> I'm tipping an imaginary hat that I'm not wearing. <laughs> 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 is like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> is like, that bitch really can't lie. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I know you're not wearing I a really hat, can't right? lie. Um, I don't know why I ever try. Okay. So Severe begins to I head know. eastward toward the other. Tell? I'm embarrassed. And coming... <laughs> Speaking of heading it's eastward, like Orba and Bazaar <laughs> arrive in Nakuzi. <laughs> so Much quieter than the roads that you've been on, and Naupa as well, again, one of the smaller townships. Pass your way along the road, and as soon as you sort of deviate off of the road and move into the town itself, it becomes very sort of intimate. A couple people sort of moving back and forth. You see the church in the distance rising up over a few of the houses. You quietly move through the streets of Nakuzi. So that's the church of New Kelke, and then Leto's house is right behind it. Oh. And then Butez's is just past that. Great. So not too far now. No. Let's see if there's anything else that. You, yeah, you came originally about. through the Steeder Way, so you started getting a new look at it as you're coming in from the outside. Oh, the blacksmith is over there, and she's going to point across. Yeah, you the guys way. passed it as you came oh, in. Yeah. Yep. Um, I think that's, that's really all the places I've visited so far. Great. Oh, thank you. So, um, when we get there, yeah. should we have him start on your tattoo right away? Only if you do not wish privacy. What do you... Mm. Are you concerned that if there's another party present, he'll be less candid? A bit. Um, so, and you said your tattoo is going to take six It's going to take hours. a long time, yeah. Why don't you... You're doing it all today. I was thinking about it. You never know what tomorrow's going to bring, so... That is true. Yeah. Yes. So I guess I sh should probably talk to him first. Of course. Why don't I... I'll leave my horse um, at the church. It's, it's a walking distance to his from there. I'll be in the church, and you can let me know when you're done. Okay. Uh, he is fond of you, no? But he's indifferent, I guess. I'm just uh, a customer. I'm not your friend, you're a client. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what I mean is, would it be helpful if he knew that you were a friend of mine? No. Okay. As much as I like to think everybody likes me, they don't. I don't know about that, but okay. <sighs> so you get up to the, the church is kind of right there before you head over the bridge, so you Stop. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's just a place to okay. my horse. Hop off the horse. Both of you kind of split and give each other. Find me here. Is there anything before I go that you're specifically interested in knowing about Metallica Tournament? The one thing I am curious about, but not in any way to complicate what you're trying to discover, the the object specifically in question with McKenna's men, the tattoo on the toe. I know what school of magic it is, but I do not know what specifics beyond that. I don't know what it can specifically do. My biggest curiosity is if this magical item bestows upon the wearer a skill, or if it 
affects the wearer with said skill. Let me explain. So enchantment is all charming. Um, kind of like a, I don't know if this exists in this world, uh, but a... Um, so, so you're saying, does the tattoo allow them to put something upon somebody else, or is something being put upon them? Exactly that, yes. I don't know how you can ask that without revealing what you know about McKenna and that specific tattoo. And the design was the... A cyclone. The it's cyclone. in his sketchbook if you want to see it. You can't miss it. Sorry, Yeah, of course. Okay. Hopefully, I'll be able to find something out about it. I think it might be a way to slip that in with what I need to know, too. I would appreciate it. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Okay. Good luck. Thanks. See you soon. starts to walk off. Short walk to get to the tattoo parlor. Oversized windows with the curtains drawn, making the inside less exposed. But it doesn't hide Butez's whereabouts. You can see him, 20 or so feet past the house, wringing clothes out by the riverbank. And as this kind of... You haven't had that much experience with him, you've heard other people kind of describe him, but consistent with what you've heard, his demeanor, he doesn't seem to be in kind of any hurry, kind of methodically washing each piece of clothing before laying it in a nearby basket, stopping occasionally to run a wet hand through his stringy hair. His back tattoos are on full display from this angle, because you're watching him sort of washing in the river, facing the other direction. The most prominent of which is a detailed owl's face on his left shoulder blade that seems to be staring you down as you get closer. But it's far from the only tattoo on his back. You see an eclectic mix of letters, nature, abstract designs, and even structures. He has what looks like a spire or tower stretching from his hip up to his armpit. And a combination of the rushing water and simply kind of being in his own thoughts means he doesn't hear your approach. You get the sense that he's kind of no stranger to solitude being in a remote area of one of the smaller townships. So it's, you hear that kind of like, as he looks for, puts the clothes in the water, wrings them out, places them in the basket. Excuse me. Yes? I'm interested in, um, and talking to you about tattoos. Oh, all right. Uh, meet me by the door. Sure. Grabs his basket, puts it on one hip, kind of slowly, sort of taking his time, makes his way up to the door. Let's go inside. Opens the door. And you see what was seen before as he sort of opens it up and leads you in. There's this kind of uh, workshop area. And as you enter in, he goes over to the big curtains and draws them open and the light kind of pours in through the windows here. It illuminates a couple of places like seating areas where people can sort of rest limbs as they're getting their tattoos, sketches along the walls, all kinds of designs and little inks lined up on shelves on the back wall. Uh, I'm happy to discuss uh, the kind of tattoo you're interested in. Uh, what uh, can I do for you? Well, um, before I take a look at your book there. Um, yes, I have a number of designs <laughs> you can see on the walls, but I also have uh, a booklet here that has some older tattoos that I've done. Oh, wow. Interested. The detail is 
great. Thank you. I'm not so familiar with tattoos myself, but I figured I'd come to the the man everyone talks about. I suppose if that's me, that's fine. Who did you hear about me from? Well, I... I don't think that I recognize you, but I don't have the best memory, so... No, don't worry, we haven't met. I, I've heard your name come up from many people when I asked who to go to about tattoos, so... Glad to hear it. Yes. Hmm. There's one thing that I did hear about. I know it's, it might be a, a tough subject to bring up, but I feel like I need to. Yeah, embarrassing tattoo that you want, because I can assure you I've seen it all. <laughs> I'm sure. I've tattooed everything from feet to inner thighs to assholes. So oh, wow. Anything. <laughs> Nothing is off limits, and I don't surprise. Well, that's good to know. Um, I guess you're pretty open to a lot of conversations then about tattoos. I suppose a job's a job. Mm-hmm. Well, I heard a, a bit about um, a special tattoo. Do you know about metallic attunement? Where did you hear that? I heard it once or twice, but it seemed to be quite under wraps. Not too many people know that I can do this, so I'm just curious as to who would be giving a referral to who I'm going to assume is an out-of-towner. Right. I, I'm in the search for someone who's missing, and I heard you might know them. And that they might be interested in metallic attunement. And so what? You want a matching tattoo? It's, it's not cheap and you have to fill out a form. Right. Uh, no. I keep records so no one can pass my work off as someone else's. And so I have your signature that says you understand that if you do anything stupid with it, the responsibility falls entirely on you. Interesting. So, have you done it for a lot of people? I've done it for some. Hmm. Have you heard about a missing person? Not really, no. I don't really concern myself with the affairs of what people are up to. I just do my job. Hmm. And in that case, since you I guess you usually keep to yourself out here. I try to. Do you know anything about Mr. Two? No. Well, it was heard that he might have something to do with metallic attunement and that he was seen with you. Mm. Client's a client. So he was here. No. But I spoke to him a little while back. How far back? I don't know. It must have been um, a couple of weeks. Hmm. And was he interested in getting something like that? When I spoke to him, it was at a bar in Wampiranina. 
and we did not talk specifics. We had a conversation very much like we're having right now where he asked if I could do it and I was very suspicious as to why he was asking. <laughs> right. Well, I'm trying to help find him. And that's why I'm asking. Okay. Like I said, he never came to get one. Do you know any more specifics about what kind of object he was trying to attune to, or...? Like I said, we never got specific. Hmm. Never made an appointment. Never came here to get a tattoo. I was already... Suspicious, I guess, up front. I don't know how he would have been able to pay for it as a servant to St. Guberti. Right. Seemed like a stretch. Do you know anything else about him? Mr. Two? Yes. No. Well. Can I ask you just a few more things? I guess so. <laughs> With this... Are you going to get a tattoo? Or is this conversation for free? No matter what, I will... give you some payment. (laughs) (laughs) I've also heard that... the men... and women at the short ports who work for McKenna, they get a certain tattoo, no? You hear a lot for someone I don't recognize. Well, I like to get to know the locals. Mm. McKenna sends people sometimes to get tattoos, yes. Are those, do they have anything to do with the Metallica tumor? Maybe. And with this Magic. Does the attunement allow you to bestow something on others, or is it something bestowed upon the person in the tattoo? Depends entirely on the item. Hmm. Simply attunes you to the item in question. So, in McKenna's place, I think that he has a hard time with trust. He's a very paranoid man. Right. I think what he has them get helps him trust his employees. Is it sort of like a tracking? No. So, they wear an item and get the tattoo at the same time, right? They have the tattoo... And then when you put the item on, the effects take hold. Take the item off, the effects go away. In McKenna's case, multiple tattoos can be attuned to the same item. Ah. And when the person he wants to test the trust of puts on that item, he's able to see the truth? Something like that, yes. Do you know what item he uses? Look, during the war, I was struggling very badly, and my father was very ill. 
He required constant care and a regular intake of various medicinal remedies. And to make ends meet, I agreed to do some work for the Broken Crown. Some of it was metallic attunement. Mm. Now, when word got out about this, I was practically shunned by my northern brethren. They did not care the position I was in. It was only their pride and their independence that mattered. But I was desperate. Years passed, and most people have either forgotten or moved on. But I learned a very important lesson that I have not let go of to this day. Your friends, neighbors, even family members, they will turn on you at a moment's notice if they suddenly decide that you are not one of them. I don't hate them. I just don't need them to be anything more than clients. So if you want to be a client of mine, I have no problem with that. But if word gets out of what I've said here in this house today, I won't have any problem telling them where to look for you or what you look like. So you tell me what you want to know, and I don't mind to tell you. But if they come looking for you, well, that's your fucking problem, isn't it? I understand completely. I too know what it's like to have people turn on you. I don't need sympathy. I just need you to say yes. Yes. He reaches over to a drawer. Oh, shit. He pulls out a collection of papers. Oh, baby. Oh, come on. Get those documents. I want to see the forms. This is what the form <laughs> looks like when you get a metallically attuned tattoo. Mm. I ask for your name, a description of the tattoo, and a corresponding magical item that the tattoo is attuned to. Then you have to sign it. Again, the purpose of this is to make sure that none of the responsibility comes back to me. Now, these are two that have happened fairly recently. I don't get these requests terribly often, but for a hundred gold for each one, oh. I give them to you. <laughs> um, wow. Well, that is quite the offer. Everybody's a client. I see. Well... If I get what I need, it'll be worth it. You don't get to look before you pay, if that's what you're implying. No. Fine. You have a deal. He waits. Oh shit. Count yes. out the gold. Coin. Ten gold coins at a time. Do you need a calculator? <laughs> Are you nope. paying for both of them? Yeah. Okay. Oh my god! Yes, BZ. BZ. Use that pouch. Yes, money bags, BZ. (laughs) Okay. One thing about metallically attuned tattoos is I obviously, because of these forms, I get to know what the item does. They have to tell me ahead of time. And part of the deal that I have with McKenna is that I cannot force them to get it. I don't really care what happens to these people, but I don't want to be responsible for something terrible. So the deal is, they come to me alone and tell me that they want to get it. They promise that they're not doing it under any kind of coercion. 
Mm. So far, that's been the case. And the pastor knuckle came to me. You know who that is? Hmm. I think I may have heard that name. It is the janitor. Poop yes. girl! Oh, poor girl. She got a tattoo of a whirlwind left foot between the first and second toes. Her signature's on here, and the magic item was what I've seen before with his tattoos. It's called a ring of candor. Hmm. From what I understand, it makes it very difficult, if not impossible, to tell a lie while the ring is attuned to you. Ah. Uh, I see. So McKenna, in his sort of paranoid state, when he wants to ask his employees questions, puts the ring on. And as far as I can tell, it's a requirement of working for him in some capacity that you get this tattoo. Hmm. The other one I have is Percy Oland. Does that name sound familiar to you? Doesn't sound familiar. This one was a curious one. It was a white circle. And Percy had gotten a, a very bad burn at the base of his neck. And he was set to have a, a skin graft done to replace the damaged skin. Do you know who Joe Magosta is? She's a surgeon in Wamparani now. Haven't met her yet. She's a very well-known surgeon and that's sort of her specialty. She does skin grafts using uh, skin from the little uh, veggie pygmies because they have regenerative properties. Oh, so she does these skin grafts and uh, Percy Oland I think works for her. Percy had a burn and he wanted to get skin to replace, to put over the burn so it wasn't so garish. He, um, he was worried that uh, when he went to get the tattoo that it would be very painful because after you get these skin grafts, I guess your skin's very, very, very sensitive. So what he wanted to do was get the tattoo on the skin graft ahead of time, and then he would go and put the skin graft later. So I actually tattooed just a piece of skin. It was the easiest client that I ever had. <laughs> so he wanted a white circle, very faint, very small, on this uh, piece of skin, and uh, it was a compulsion pendant. That's what the item was. I guess when you're attuned to this item, um, it, it forces you to do things, but small things, nothing. You can't hurt yourself or anything. Huh. Most of the time I've heard of this kind of spell when people play pranks on each other. You force someone to pull their pants down, eat something <laughs> gross, whatever it is. I don't know what he was using it for, but that's what it is. Great. And Percy Olin, it, you didn't know him personally before this. I knew who he was. I'd run into him, but I don't know him now. Hmm. You know where he is? Percy? Mm -hmm. I heard that he died. Great. Well, thank you very much for handing this over. You pay for him, you client. That's true. Well, um, I appreciate doing business with you. So you don't need anything done yourself then? 
I honestly wasn't planning on it. That's fine. But I'm, I may be back, and I know I have a friend coming who wants a tattoo, so. Okay. Can I just ask you one more thing? Sure, you paid for <laughs> Is there anything that you know that you think I should know about Mr. Two and, and Sanka? Like I said, I barely talked to them. Is there anyone who's just willing to take down her operation or... I stay out of most of that stuff. Sorry if that leads you to a dead end. Not many of my leads have been leading me anywhere in that case, but... Sorry to hear that. And... Do you know how to... Do you know Hatchet? (laughs) I know. Any tips on how to get on his good side? Did you get on his bad side already? (laughs) I think just being an outsider made me on his bad side already. Suppose it's possible. So what, you want to be his friend? (laughs) (laughs) I would like him to at least want to speak to me. Uh, He has also been someone that has seen talking to number two. Yes, um, he has a lot of northerner pride, as you can clearly tell, he doesn't trust outsiders. You could try and do something that's good for the community, I guess. Make him think that you aren't just passing through and that you actually give a shit about the people here. Good. Thank you. It's not much, but like I said, he takes being a northerner very seriously. I know because he was one of the most annoying people after I worked for the Broken Crown and it got out. Hmm. I see. Well, thank you very much. And, yeah. Thank you. Uh, If you ever need anything else. And, um, don't go telling people about the Metallic attunement. I won't. That's not for everyone's ears. No, I, I understand. All right. Thank you. Yeah. Turns goes to the other room. Let's you out the door. Step out to the outside. We go over. I'm never finding this. He's dead steps. Weaving through the streets of Fang, you get the former Broken Crown station in your sights to the north, but continue into the heart of the residential area, following the directions you've received to the house of Palmer Franco, which you're glad you had a very specific listing for because of how similar all the homes look around here. The curtains are drawn, and there's no smoke coming from the chimney, but you think you detect a bit of lantern light shining from within. And you also see that the thread, there's a thread-like glint coming from the door frame that maybe indicates there's some sort of fine metal embedded in the wood. Mm-hmm. Though the door itself 
looks recently damaged. <laughs> Reinforced with a few planks for a slapdash repair job that's mm. kind of an eyesore on an otherwise pleasant block of home. Peculiar. Yes. <laughs> you see his house there. Pretty confident, but given the directions. Yes. All right, I'm gonna make sure that, like, for a while now, I've had my symbol and the ring on the same chain. Yeah. And I'm gonna go ahead and make sure that I take those <laughs> apart. Are those on two different chains? They're just on the same chain. They've been on the same chain. So what are while. you taking off and oh, what are you leaving on the chain? Taking the, the ring off and leaving the, the, my symbol, like... The ring of protection, the mute yeah, ring of protection. Yeah, the ring of protection is loose. Great. Um, yeah, and <laughs> layering it <laughs> so that the amulet that I wear <laughs> is on top. Basically, if I go to take off the amulet... You have two necklaces, but yeah. the... The vampiric one is above your shirt, and the Kuznian one's under your shirt. Is that the idea? Um, maybe both under, but okay. the uh, vampiric one is on top, okay. so that I'm not like, oh, oopsie Kuznian, exactly. None of that. So, and I will take out one of the low gentle void favors okay. that I have. Okay. Yeah, and just kind of have it ready to go. Okay. You take out the favor, you kind of look around. There's people milling about behind you. It's not sort of an empty street, but okay. sort of um, hold it to your chest. Roll it up real tight. Okay. Put the ring around it. Okay. <laughs> knock, knock, knock. Knock, knock, The door opens up after a couple moments. And you see this man, red bandana atop his head, several leather cuffs along his wrists and forearms. And again, you didn't see this before, but he has this kind of pair of spectacles, but he flips them up, they have like a magnification effect to them, as if he was sort of examining a small object. Takes a look at you. Nope. Hold on. And I'm just gonna like, hold out the gentle void fell rolled up with the ring around it. I hear you like magical items. What's that? Well, the paper is for you. That's just to get in the door. I have much more interesting things to show you, if you let me in. You sort of squints. What is the paper? <laughs> How high? This one? Not so very, but I have more. Make a persuasion check with advantage. Yeah! <laughs> gets you in the door. No promise of anything more than that. I've already had my fill of new customers recently. I don't like garnering a reputation for servicing outsiders. I think what I have to show you, you'll be interested enough. Sure. Close the door a little bit and then you hear a few locks coming off and the door opens up, unlatching these chains. He leads you inside. Indicates to close the door after you enter. And the room has almost nothing in the ways of personalization. And if it wasn't for the half dozen locks, it would look like he had only just moved in without like time to unpack. All the counters are empty, cupboards bare, as far as you can tell. There are a couple stools around a round table. And though he takes one of the seats, sort of plops down, crosses his arms, he makes no indication for you to like sit in one of the other ones. He kind of looks up at you, arms crossed. <laughs> <laughs> this was a ring of protection. 
Aww. I'd like it to be so again. Is that something you think you could do? Magic items in the wrong hands uh, make for mounds of trouble. I only tinker for those I trust. I don't know how much you would charge for something like this, but... Uh, before we speak further, he reaches for the paper. Oh, the original yeah, one? Yeah, yeah. Take, yeah. Take, yeah. Take As he does it, he goes over to the wall, and he takes sort of the oil lantern that's sort of hanging on the wall there. And unlike some people who um, keep the favors for themselves, he holds the oil lamp up to it, and the edges of it begin to burn. And as it burns, it produces kind of an interesting sort of display of sort of bluish smoke as it kind of burns up. And you have heard of this before, as someone who's been around in Antisuyu. There's basically these gentle, forward, gentle void favors. They can change hands as a sort of form of currency, which you've obviously seen quite a bit of so far. But then also, you can burn them up, which sort of ends the, the chain of favors, mm -hmm. and you see what he does, he takes out a little vial and he collects these kind of bluish black ashes, and he bottles it. And you know that you can turn these into a higher up in the gentle void to sort of prove your loyalty, it's sort of a way to garner sort of reputation. Mm -hmm. So if you, instead, if you, if you don't choose to use the favor for your own benefit, you can use it as a way to sort of prove your loyalty and, mm -hmm. and passion to the gentle void. So he seems to have no interest in keeping it to exchange for someone else. Yeah. Let's it burn. And then he... And he puts it in a drawer. <laughs> and I'm gonna take off the... <laughs> kind of almost feel... This has been attuned to me for quite a long time yes. now. Like, Graven tries to hide the fact that there's like this... Like, kind of a... As it comes off. I need you to give me a dexterity check as you attempt to... Are you trying to keep the symbol of Kuzni underneath your shirt as you pull this necklace off? Give me a dexterity check. That's fine. It's not fine. Nine. Nine. As you reach for the necklace, you feel they're kind of like hooked on each other, sort of one of the points, and it pulls up just a little bit. You can feel it, and you immediately sort of press and push it down, but you have, like, it peeked out just for a moment. Like, you take the necklace off. Hmm. And you saw him kind of like, just sort of raise an eyebrow for a moment, but he focuses on the necklace that you're holding. This has served me well, mm. but I'd be willing to part with it as payment, and for having no questions asked. If you'd like to take a look at it. Thanks. Examines <laughs> it very closely with the little goggles that he has, sort of magnifying. Seems to sort of. He's looking for indications of, you know, magical essence to it. He seems sort of skilled in his ability to kind of look it over. So I get this, and then you get your ring. Is that how it works? If the ring functions. I want one more favor with it. Like I said, I'm not in the habit of working with outsiders. If I do give you another favor, a few questions. God, with the questions and the outsiders, what? <laughs> Spit it out. 
as an appreciator of magic and magic items, I've heard tell of a few employees nearby that utilize magic. Okay. And that one of them has gone missing. Do you know anything about the disappearance of Mr. Two? No. Do you know who Mr. Two is? Yeah. Have you ever spoken to him? No. I've seen him around at the deck sometimes. I understand he's on a pretty tight leash. He never came to you with any requests, questions. No, and... is. He disappeared recently. Look, I've been dealing with... I had a theft problem recently, and I've been dealing with that, so I've had my mind on other things. The pickpocket. Yes. Mm -hmm. Look at you go. (laughs) So, she did make it away with something, eh? I'll have that other favor now. You know that she's dead, right? Yes. You wouldn't know anything about that, would you? (sighs) I'll take it out of the low one. (laughs) (laughs) And hand it over. Take it out, the papers spill out. Just a a line of like three favors. Goes back over to the lamp. Not that I would imagine you would wish ill on anyone, but is there anyone else that you know of that would have had a problem with Carlotta? Well, I certainly didn't want her dead, if that's what you're asking. Certainly not before I got my item back. You know, with her gone, fat chance I ever recover it. She stole a necklace. It was a leather band around the neck, jewel in the front. A magical item. Yeah, although I doubt that she knew it was that. She probably just saw the jewel and got coins in her eyes. What if, what magical effect did it have? Um, it was a compulsion pendant. Would I be familiar with that in any way? Um, make an arcana check. Oh, oh no. That's really bad. Three. Three. I mean, no. I mean, you can literally, yeah. based on the Compulse. name alone, yeah. so, you know, but other than that, you can't glean anything from that. Well, if I hear anything about where it might have ended up, I'll let you know. Oh, goody. How long has it been missing? Um, I don't know. A little over a week, maybe more than that, I'm not sure. Who would have wanted... What if she died for it? What what do you mean? Is there somebody who was looking to get it from you who maybe didn't want to pay the full price? So they had her steal it and then they killed her for it. I don't know, maybe. Who, who was it intended for? It wasn't intended for anyone. So I collect yours. magic items. I got a whole bunch of them. Where did you get it? 
I get them from various places. <laughs> Look, I don't need an outsider solving the mystery of the pickpocket that took my item, okay? How long do you think it would take you to fix this ring? I could probably have it by tomorrow. That is after I evaluate this necklace you gave me. Very well. I'll be back tomorrow. Okay. Head out the door and into the streets. Sort of take a breath, sort of wondering, thinking on what you've just learned Since here. Stick together. Uh, listen. And that is where we're going no, to no, for the not, evening. With maybe a few pieces falling into place. Or catching different jigsaw puzzles <laughs> in different areas. Yeah, like, and maybe you run past each other and you're like, I found it. <laughs> <laughs> that is where we'll pick up next week. Uh, okay. The mystery deepening. And Erlen's on his way. Oh my to god. Weaponless on his way south oh, of Womp Ronnie. So I thought about bringing the darts. <laughs> oh, psych! How much damage have you done? It does less damage than my fists. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah especially if they're not like dipped in anything. Yes. Like, yeah. uh, oh, where'd my girl go? Oh, 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 uh, well, legendary action, Alex resub. Uh, I believe it was for five hey. months. It's somewhere in here. I yeah. promise. Thank you so much. If Thank you goodness. don't know who legendary action is, please go ahead and look at them on Twitch. They do Good several streams. amazing TTRPG streams. They have a new Witcher stream. They do all kinds of good stuff. Please go check them out. They're delightful. They are delightful. Thank you very much. Awesome. We will be back same time next week, seven o'clock. Continuing to solve. Piece by piece. Someone asked what I was drawing. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. It's a tree. It's a tree, a giant mushroom, and it's like a soul shell. You added some melt. Yes. That mushroom is what Erlen's gonna be in. The, <laughs> yeah, the mushroom is. It's what a self portrait. That's how we're gonna bring <laughs> back to no. your monastery. Thank right you guys for so much as always. Have a lovely evening, and we will see you next week. <sighs> That's all for now. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of A Peek Beneath the Veil on Tabletop Notch. If you enjoyed the show, please tell a friend or leave us a review on the podcast app of your choice. There's always room in our party for more adventurers near and far. Until next time, as the Ackley Elves would say, your presence is a gift.